This is the Fans Across the Water podcast. Welcome back, or welcome if you're new. This is episode six of the Fans Across the Water podcast, where we look through the Beatles' career, Beatle by Beatle. I'm Mark Murphy, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Marnix Westlink. How's it going, mate? I'm doing fine, thank you, Mark. Um, I've been uh, diving in deep into Lennon's solo career. We're uh, on our way up to albums number four, five, and six, if I'm correct. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I've just been having a blast. Uh, I'm, I mean, I've really been rediscovering uh, these albums, which I've listened to a lot in the past, and uh, listening to them with this new intent, with this focus, which is the basis of our podcast, you know, the, the development of a style, and especially uh, John coming into his own as a producer in this period. Uh, yeah, it was a really lovely uh, re-listen, so uh, I've been having a blast. How about you? Yeah, likewise. As I said, like uh, I haven't really listened to some of these albums for a while. Um, I mean, I say a while. It's maybe been a, it's maybe been like a few months, but it feel I, it's I don't know how it's def, it's been within the last year I've listened to these albums before, but it seems like a while. Um, especially Mind Games and Walls and Bridges. Um, but I think ov- overall, I think this period actually. I mean, it, I, I think we'll probably talk about it in like a bonus episode or something or whatever, but I feel like this might be, in terms of all the periods we've looked at for John Lennon, this might be his most underrated period. Uh, it, it might well be, I because think when so. you think Because yeah. when you think about it, like all the other solo stuff, right, you've got Imagine and Plastic Owner Band, like those are well-loved and appreciated albums. You know, the, the episode after this and the episode after this, we'll look at, you know, Double Fantasy and Milk and Honey. And Double Fantasy especially is like a very beloved album from the john perspective and like there's some hits on milk and honey as well uh, as i think maybe one or two hits but um and there's some hits on in this period as well but like they're not as they've kind of they kind of got more traction following the the death of lennon i think um, i think so too some yeah songs like yeah. you know you've got you've got some songs that chart fairly well but i think unfortunately the reputation of uh somewhere in sometime in new york city which we like we discussed last time yeah. is f- horrid uh, yeah and then people lose interest right he comes out of his political period and uh Mm. well then it takes a lot to sort of like win people back i'm not sure the focus was there because what what we'll get into is why this period is called the lost weekend yes uh but uh but but then this also means there's there's a lot to discover but uh yeah the lost weekend uh i think uh well i think we can just dive right in with you taking us on on this trip right yeah, we'll go straight into the events. So, like, like, like you mentioned, like the first thing on my uh, events, it's kind of throughout this whole period. It's kind of like the overarch, the overarching theme of. So, a lot of the stuff that happens is within this label. But yeah, we, we begin the lost weekend, which we touched on a little bit at the in the last episode. But mm-hmm. this is the this was the thing that we were talking about. We we're saying that we'll discuss a bit more. So, like we mentioned, John Lennon uh, had an affair with. It doesn't say who it is. Um, but um Mis- mystery woman mystery woman you know um at the party i like to think maybe it was paul with a wig on but you know <laughs> that's you know just throwing a bone <laughs> for the Mac- for the for the mclennan fans out there i'm yeah. throwing them a bone um yeah. but um yeah so then <clears throat> so from what i understand it's that yoko Ono recommended may pang should be the sort of person to be with john and i guess kind of help him you know navigate this period yeah Yeah, or something like that i don't know if she had the intentions of like oh we'll get back together 
Um, no, not sure about that either. But like, but yeah, like, there's. You say. Yeah. But, but it's strange. Like she kind of almost recommended. Yeah. Which I, I find that very strange. But you know, each their well, own, I suppose. Yeah, I think. Uh, I guess there's that like, go- neat connection there. So I guess yeah, you know, she wanted, still wanted the best from us, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, if, if if they're really soulmates, and she's of course like an artist as well, and and maybe has this sort of a like conviction that you know, if you love somebody, set them free, it'll come back to you, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And uh, rather that in the interim, he'd be with you know some someone that she uh, well condones or, or, or sort of like sees fit to be with uh, with uh, her man, you know, during this period. Uh, than just a random, you know, a string of groupies or or whatnot. No, oh, exactly. So you know yeah. that that might be mm. her state of mind at that point. But uh, one thing was clear, and that was after them moving to um, America and into the Dakota building, that you know they couldn't be together for a while. They had to take their space, both of them. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of people kind of forget that this happened. As I said, when I first kind of explored more of the solo stuff, I didn't even know about this. I was like, oh, what? Mm. Like John and Yoko were actually. Because people, I think a lot, that's kind of a thing that's kind of forgotten throughout yeah. time is that they actually did have a period apart. Like it was about, well, roughly two years or so, right? But yeah, like eighteen month months. Yeah, yeah. something like that, yeah. right? Um, but the, yeah, so that's kind of the overarching theme, and it you know it it you know is a is a contributing factor to a lot of the songwriting, whether it be involvement of May Pang or whether it be the involvement of the split from Yoko and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um, so then, uh, so John does a lot of kind of other stuff. That's yeah, not plus just he moves in, to the other coast, right? He goes to yeah, LA, and, and yeah. Yoko stays in New York, if I'm correct. Yeah, so he does some kind of um, he helps he helps some old friends out, and uh, one that uh, we all know and love, Ringo Starr. So he writes the song "I'm the Greatest." Is on Ringo, which is that's a great album, but we'll get onto that when we get to Ringo. But it's a yeah. great album for sure. And uh, George Harrison actually joined the session for that song, I believe it was that song. So that's actually the last time that those three Beatles recorded a song together, yeah, it was, uh, which is pretty sad. Um, yeah. and then as well, I mentioned you know, sort of March 74, there's there's some alcohol, I, I describe them as alcohol fueled antics with um, yeah. Harry Nilsson, is a musician uh, and that that makes headlines so the first one is uh so in march 74 they were they were uh widely publicized for incidents that occurred at the uh troubadour club i believe that's pronounced uh yeah. so in the first incident lennon struck an un yeah he, he basically stuck an unused menstrual pad on the forehead of a and scuffled with a waitress the second incident two weeks later so it's the same place they were ejected from the same club um, for heckling the Smothers Brothers. So, wow. you know, I can imagine at this time John's, you know, in the headlines, but not necessarily for the right reasons. And he's kind of wow. on a, a bit of a downward spiral as well, I can imagine. That's kind of the way it was probably, you know, put out there. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of Harry Nilsson, he, John Lennon produces his, uh, well, the Pussycats album, which is a Harry Nilsson album. And apparently the sessions from that were pretty chaotic and yeah. yeah there was a period where they were living where he where him nilson i think may pang was probably involved in that as well ringo yep. and 
uh, Keith, Keith Moon. Moon. Yeah, yeah, they were all like living together, and it just sounded like pretty chaotic. And I think of all of them, John was kind of like, "Yeah, this isn't good for me." So they ended up going back to um, LA. Um, I mean, the whole thing of them kind of w- together. And I talk, we talk about it a bit later on. We get to balls and bridges, but yeah, they essentially sort of tried to they tried to put themselves all together because they kind of thought they would help spur each other on to like get their own projects done and stuff but it surprise surprise when you put people who are who love their substances they're just going to do it all together so yeah that's exactly what happened yeah so they returned to new york to finish the walls and bridges stuff um i found a kind of cool little nugget as well so he produced a mick jagger track um so there's too many cooks spoil the soup that wasn't released until 2007 on like a compilation album yeah. and may pang supplied mick jagger with the sort of recording of it so that's cool as i say i can't say i've heard it but i you know i definitely will have a look into that song because i say yeah. i believe too many cooks is a pretty isn't that a, isn't that a cover of a famous song i feel like it is I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I do it, recall sort of like listening to it uh, when it when it was released, uh, you know, because it, new Beatles news, you know, mm. right? Uh, but I can't say I really like. I seem to remember that the production is pretty, you know, like funky, uh, soulful. Like most of his stuff in this period is maybe some horns on there, like pretty echoey as well, like Phil Spector influence. But uh, other than that, I just listened to it for posterity's sake and complete being a completist but then uh, not really re-listened to it since yeah i think i think i might be thinking of another song called too many cooks to be honest i don't necessarily oh, yeah. know because i think it's quite a famous song called too many cooks but it might not necessarily right. be that one right. um so then in 1975 we get the um we get a couple of recordings with a couple of other big names so he records fame with david bowie And co-writes it as well. He does, you're right. And he, he's most notably known. I mean, you wouldn't know it was him, but I think he does a lot of the voices on that fame section, like where he does all the weird voices. Yeah. But uh, growing up as a kid, that was initially my, I think probably my favorite David Bowie song at one point. Um, it's yeah. Not, not yeah. my favorite anymore. I so said there's other Bowie songs from diving into his stuff where I prefer it, but fame's got a special soft spot in my heart. And that was before I even knew about the Lennon contributions to it. So it was, it was almost fate that, I, again, that it would... I would become a Beatles fan. There's all these these things creeping in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I share that sentiment because the Young Americans album was just the one one of the ones which clicked uh, really quickly with me. Um, yeah, it's a very good album. As, as David Bowie albums go, and uh, so you know, and and then finding that out later on, it's really cool. You're like, ah, oh, that's this is the way it should be. Yeah. And you got the recording as well of the Across the Universe cover as well from around that time as well, yeah. which is obviously we've spoken about that before briefly uh and then there's also uh so him and elton john and we'll talk a bit about elton john when it comes to walls and bridges as well yeah um so they they do the recording of lucy in the sky with diamonds cover of that song and he's credited on that track as dr winston oboogie 
Yeah. It's a cool little thing. And then the final thing I've got on here is, it was, I believe this is his final stage appearance. So it's yeah. uh, in an ATV special, a salute to Lou Grade. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's everything covered within that period in terms of events. So pretty, I mean, a lot of, a lot of creativity, but a lot of chaos, a lot of chaotic stuff going on as well. So, I mean, yeah. kind of, I guess that's kind of what, uh, what happens when you're a famous rock star, isn't it? You get a lot, you know, you get a lot of, uh, songs and albums recorded, but you also, you know, indulge in a lot of drinking and drugs. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and what does, uh, the image to me, which comes, th- uh, through, um, because of everything that happens in this period, he's split from Yoko and all the, the kerfuffles he gets into is basically that, you know, uh, he was probably a pretty difficult man to, to be around. Uh, with with a lot of demons he was he was fighting and uh you know the the nice thing is that we're going to focus on the music of course uh, in this next section is there's a lot of beautiful music still coming through and and being produced by him you know it's just uh such a shame that the turmoil in his private life um or as far as you have a private life being such a famous person so basically just the turmoil in his life took such a toll on on his musical output uh in, in certain periods of his uh you know the rest of his life uh so you know i'm, I'm just glad we get we get these uh couple of diamonds uh, shining through you know? yeah sure so should we dive right into the first album which is mind games well let's do that yeah so uh it was released on the 29th of october 1973 um it was recorded in july and august of that year and it's uh, produced as uh, credited solely as John Lennon in the record plant in New York City. Yeah. Um, so that's yes, yeah, so like you like you mentioned earlier, John Lennon starting to sort of so, solely produce these albums, which is interesting. Um, you, know, you get a lot of Phil Spector, and Phil Spector does make an appearance on Rock and Roll, which would be the last album we talk about. But um, yeah. and I think he does a stellar job on producing Mind Games and Walls and Bridges. Like they sound like albums of the time, but. They're not like you don't listen to it and you're like, oh, this is really dated. It just sounds like a product of the 70s, which it is. So it's not really much of a surprise. No, that's true. That's true. And it's a very particular production style. And uh, what I would recommend for people who are like fans and, and, and really interested. So in the 2000s, there was this series of remixes uh, by Yoko Ono and I think Alan Rouse. I, I, top of mind i'm not sure but anyway these were uh released on cd uh for and 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 these albums also uh like mind games wells and bridges and rock and roll because they are the first uh john lennon produced albums there's there's a big sound difference in clarity difference in the remixes and the originals now they don't in in any way to me like uh, uh, replace the original products or are better or whatnot but it's really interesting to listen to it cleaned up having a bit more low end a bit le- less echo more of his vocal coming through because you know his vocal he puts a lot of echo on it uh, on especially on this mind games uh, album and i think the the remix version and also the alternate versions of these songs which you find on john lennon anthology and spread out uh, across his discography are really interesting because you know his voice is one of his strongest assets i don't know how do you how do you feel about that yeah, I think I'm quite favourable towards like this style of production because it's just a lot of, in, in my opinion, there's a lot of just good albums that I like from this time. Mm-hmm. So as I said, I'm not too familiar with the sort of the you know the 
the newer kind of reissue versions of those. Yeah, um, they're well get, worth seeking out. Yeah, just con- I feel like again, if I, if I have know? if I have heard them, I can't I can't say that I remember them. Yeah, because um, I feel like sometimes those versions creep up in certain places or in the background of certain things and whatever, and yeah, whatnot, yeah. Or, or like just on social media and stuff. But um, yeah, as I could yeah, I can see why maybe it's the production could put some people off, like you know, sort of proper um, music purists and maybe audiophiles. But, yeah, well, I think if you know yeah. about it going in, you can sort of like set your mind to it and sort of like really try to listen through it. Or And I don't mean that in a negative way. Don't get me wrong yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. But just you need to sort of like, get, it's the same as listening to really old like 50s rockabilly or something. Yeah, of course. Certain yeah. sound quality. So it's it's a good idea to sort of like put your mindset into, okay, it's, it's now 1973. You know, I, I get this beautiful new vinyl. Uh, record John Lennon Mind Games, and just sort of listen to to it in that way because you know the sound is so different. If if you put this in a playlist or it's streaming or whatnot, it's really a sort of like a uh, like a different world. Yeah. So should we dive well with the the title track that kicks off the album, which is Mind Games. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is this is a track that um, you know I, I have very I have good memories of kind of you know when you first first diving into John Lennon and first like listening to this album yeah. like this is a track that kind of has always kind of stood out to me. It's not quite my favorite anymore, but it's, for me personally, it's one of my favorite um, albums. I kind of you know I, I really dig it. Like I like I kind of I quite like the production on it and I like the vocals on it. I, I think it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, um, it's interesting. And there's quite a few, especially from Mind Games. There's quite a few of these songs that date back to the i don't know technically 70 well 73 is kind of mid early 70s right but yeah yeah there's songs that date back to kind of like the early 70s so um you know it's originally a song called make love not war and yeah like i said it dates back to 1970 and it was it was initially recorded with instant karma on top of the pops and the imagine documentary but then it you know didn't make the cuts for it So I'll quickly just add in, there's quite a lengthy uh, quote here. So it was, um, so Lennon said it was originally called Make Love, yeah, Make Love, Not War. But that was such a cliche that you couldn't say it anymore. So I wrote it obscurely, but it's all the same story. How many times can you say the same thing over and over? When this came out in the early, in the early 70s, everybody was starting to say the 60s was a joke. It didn't mean anything. Those love peace nicks were idiots. And then, uh, yeah, there's, there's, the sort of he goes on this kind of sarcastic rant about yeah. uh, the people who say that and stuff. But his whole kind of over over overarching point is that you know it's still an important um, thing that needs to be focused on the world, and it's not just a fad of like our oh, peace and love. It's something that people should strive to do. Which exactly, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that's why I like the song. Like you could argue, oh, it's a bit, you know, it's, it's kind of a bit wishy washy. But I, 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 wow. I still like I, I still like the sentiment a lot. I think and, actually, I think the lyrics are pretty strong. I think yeah. the vocal performance is really cool, and uh, he, he returns to this uh, theme uh, on, on a couple of other tracks on this album. So he's very con- consistent in his messaging here. Hmm. Is that you know, hmm. as we'll get into the other tracks, there are several different messages running through this album. 
we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, as far as the anti-war, you know, like power to the people uh, sloganeering, uh, which he's done since since day one, you know, even on his first solo album, his working class hero. So, you know, he's I think he's pretty consistent in his messaging. And I think this is in his, if you look at his like protest songs, I'd put this in the top, like top five, six songs. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really dig this one, and um, yeah, as well. So the, actually, the title came from a book called Mind Games. It was by yeah. Robert Martyrs and Gene Houston. Um, but this, yeah, this song. It's see, I feel like this is a, what this is a song that probably gets more like it charted okay for, for John Lennon's yeah. standards anyway. Yeah, so yeah. it got to like eighty in the US, twenty six in the UK. Um, to me, I, when I looked it up, I was surprised. It, I thought maybe it was a song that was just outside or maybe cracked the top ten because it's got yeah. a, it's got a pretty decent like following. And I think maybe this it's is pretty a, popular, right? But it's one of those songs that I think maybe after Lennon's death, people get have more of an appreciation and f- got into it. But yeah, I think this is yeah. a really strong. It's one of my favorite tracks off the album. I might even say, yeah, I might even say it's my second favorite off the album. I've, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a really big fan of this one. What about you? But it's a great no I, I really like this one it's a great album opener um i think i re- i came across it first probably on I, my dad had this four cd uh, lennon compilation which is out of print now and um it, it sort of like took the best couple of three four five tracks per album and uh supplemented it with like the live uh, elton john collaborations and this one was on there as well, and I, I, it's a clear standout, and I think it's a great way to open your album, uh, you know, giving it the same title as the album title, just the theme, and um, yeah, you, you can you can tell because he started this off, it's like the um, uh, the melody and uh, and and, and uh, influence of like two other tracks which he started writing, which he sort of like mixed together and then came up with uh, in the end this song. So you can you can really tell he's been working on it for a longer time, which in this case leads to like a great end result. Right. Yeah, because there's some really cool like lines on this. Like you know you've got um you know like love it love is the answer like love is the flower. I yeah. really like the line as well. So search for the grail. I really like that line. That's a really cool. And some kind of druid dude as well lifting yeah. the veil. Um, yeah. Like those are, I, I I like those lines a lot. I think they're there's some that's you know. Yeah. Some, that's and, some really good kind of and know, a nod to Yoko music. with the lyric uh, "Yes" is the answer because mm. you know when he went to her first uh, gallery uh, art gallery in England, where he met her for the first time in '66, if I recall, he uh, walked up a, a like a white uh, ladder in the middle of the room with a, like something really small on the ceiling and a, a looking glass, and you'd have to pick you go up the ladder pick up the looking glass and look at what's written on the ceiling and it just said yes and then he was um, really intrigued by that that's the way they met right so and he yeah, said well, hey, why not no why you know he was like so really positive it sort of like moved him so even being split from yoko putting in the lyric yes is the answer at one point is like a very direct nod to her yeah and you still get those you know yoko influences on some of these tracks i think around this oh, time definitely. they would i think around this time like they might have still been together but it was kind of around that time when the lost Weekend was at least beginning, or yeah, we, definitely because he, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, next track is a uh, is tight, tight as, but he uh, cleverly yeah. replaces the S with a dollar sign. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
yeah, this is kind of one where, yeah, when I first got into this album, this what kind of stood out to me. I think because it's like a kind of cool rocking track. I don't in, enjoy it quite as much as I used to, I think, because just yeah. other tracks on Mind Games have just grown on me more than this one. But I always like this one. Like, it's a cool kind of, it's a cool rocking track, and it's kind of like a precursor to the Rock and Roll album, which will come out in a couple of years. Some yeah. nice kind of playful lyrics. Um, you know, I'm never going to complain with John Lennon going back to a more rock and roll style. Yeah, there's not much on yeah. this song when looking into it, but I like no, it. No, he it's, repeats it's... a lot of the lyrics, but, you know, playful. I'd, I'd even say naughty lyrics. Mm. I mean, he, he one one quote I did find was he was pretty um, uh, surprised that this actually passed, uh, went past the censors and he didn't get an explicit or whatnot on, on his album uh because you know it's very it's very innuendo very tongue-in-cheek uh you know which is interesting it's just that it goes on for quite a bit sort of and and the first time i heard it i'm like oh this is like your rewrite of crippled inside you know looking at the style and the rockabilly 50s style Uh, but you know musically i think it's interesting i like the guitar play Mm -hmm. um he uses uh the riff uh you know variations of this riff also come back in the song uh, like Meat City, which we'll touch on later, and Beef Jerky on the next album. And, uh, you know, there's some good guitar playing as well by his his band, um, specifically David Spinoza, who's a, like a very famous session musician who's worked with all former Beatles. And uh, Pete Kleino, who's a uh, American country rock musician who does a pedal steel guitar on this song. So, you know, I think it's musically interesting, lyrically lacking a bit. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. Like it's, it, you know, it, when we we spoke, you know, speak about a little bit of that rock and roll album. Like I feel like this is yeah, yeah. this is this song, for example, is better than most of the stuff on that rock and roll album. I yeah, well, yeah, different because say, he he writes it, you know. And he does the, write it, but I think overall, in terms of like capturing that rock and roll sound, yeah, I think this yeah. is better than some of the stuff we get on that album. I know, obviously, it's hard to compare because it's like one's covers, the others. But I've seen in terms of yeah. like capturing that rock and roll. Style. Yeah, I would guess so, and I think that's also to do with the production and yeah, the definitely. the band playing and sort of like the focus because rock and yes. roll is much more overdubs, more people playing, and uh, he just put a lot of work in because he edited down, uh, you know, uh, uh, lots of takes, and the backing track was composed of four different segments from from take four, which was longer than the released version. So he sort of like used the Beatle method of sort of like compressing and condensing it into like a new performance, which is created in studio and uh, taking all these highlights from from the longer basic backing track, take four. So, you know, um, yeah, you can definitely hear the work that went into it, just musically speaking, but then just it's a shame that he didn't get a bit more clever with the lyrics or maybe tried another variation in a, like a third verse, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with that, as I said. So it's like a, you know, fun song um not the strongest on the album but it, it holds its own it's definitely it's definitely not my least favorite on this album it's a no, solid no, no. solid entry um very so, solid yeah so the next uh next track is asumason i'm sorry So Asumason is Japanese for I'm sorry, which, yeah. you know, I, I, it's, it's surprisingly, uh, you know, not surprisingly, it's a message <laughs> yeah. to um, Yoko yeah. Ono after kind of the falling apart of their marriage, you know, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, they, there's, there's a lot I like about this, actually. There's like, you know, you've got a, there's oh, a cool yeah. opening chords at the start. Um, it's a nice change of pace on the album as well. Like you've kind of had the, you know, the 
the kind of the, the powerful title track with the peace and love message. You've had the yeah. rocker in tight as, and now you're kind of more mellow kind of track. that's kind of more emotive, um, you know, and there's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I like the piano chords in it as well. And yeah. like John delivers like a really emotive, uh, delivery, cool solo, like great vocal. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel everything just kind of hits on this album on, on this song. Um, and it's taken from an unused track from imagine called call my name. Um, yeah. I'd really like this one. This is, um, yeah. If it wasn't for another song in the album, I'd be given this the underrated stamp, but yeah, there's one other one that, uh, that gets it for me, but this is another one that I would definitely recommend. Cause I feel like it's not a Lennon track that not many people, you know, if you chat, if you know, if you spoke to the average person who maybe knows yeah. a bit of John Lennon, if you said, Oh, do you know, a Sumerson, they'd be like, what are you on about mate? <laughs> so, yeah, but this is great. I think this is such an underrated track. And, uh, I think the guitar solo just really finishes it off, which is again David Spinoza, uh, and and I, I think you know because Paul McCartney had wings uh, and 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 uh, sort of went for being like the band leader in a in a very particular way, uh, getting a group of great musicians together, but then still uh, wanting to uh, really uh, how do you how do you say getting a group of great musicians together, but then still dictating what they should play, how they should play it, really being an, an, an overbearing producer in that sense, which with great results. I mean, I love Paul's music, but what I really like here is that, uh, John Lennon, just, you know, the band, he, he, he gets together for this. It's the same band across the whole album and he really lets them cook. He really lets them put in their guitar solos, their influences. And, uh, he also becomes part of a band. He just doesn't give it uh, any other name than his own solo work you know his, his own name well, yeah but, yeah so I, re- I really feel that coming through on this track and a lot of the other tracks as well i think uh i think this is a great lovely track and uh i think it's well worth anybody's time yeah yeah i think maybe subconsciously and maybe he didn't think of it might have subconsciously crossed his mind of you know going for that kind of band sound on mind games maybe seeing paul what paul was doing in wings Maybe that might have played a part. I mean, it might have subconsciously, yeah. like because I know initially he wasn't necessarily keen on some of his early stuff. But I know he's a. I mean, so around this time, I see it doesn't quite link up with. But I know he was a big. I know he liked the band on the run. It doesn't quite link up. I think they were probably. I don't know, probably coming out around the same time. I want to say seventy three because Band of the Run is the end of seventy three, right? Yeah, so Red Rose that's... Speedway is the beginning. So yeah, maybe yeah, like, I don't know. I don't really know what his thoughts are on Red Rose Speedway, to be honest. But maybe maybe he liked I, I, it. I, I, I would I, I wouldn't even know if he if he listened to it. I I, I think he I feel like he must have because he was someone that kept a tab on especially Paul. Yeah, I feel like I feel like anytime Paul released something, he was very interested to know what happened. Like he was he was always you know there's a lot of stories of him listening to Paul stuff. So and I can imagine him. I know about that. coming up and everything, but it never it doesn't come to mind now. Which uh, yeah, I haven't. I can't recall him commenting on Red Road Speedway. Uh, you know what? I, I could see him maybe appreciating red rose speedway a little bit because it's a bit more it's a bit it's a bit yeah it's a bit i mean it's it's like ram it's a little bit but, it, but it's right, a bit right. more like it's a bit more wacky i suppose yeah exactly. so yeah. maybe i don't know that's purely speculation that's not fact but i just had that kind that's of thought what we're of like, here for yeah, so, you yeah know. exactly <laughs> but i just thought it was an interesting thing of maybe paul subconsciously did have an influence on like this band style that the mind games album has but who knows might have yeah um yeah. so one day at, one day at a time is uh the next track after that
yeah, this is another, it continues that streak of mellow kind of tracks in terms of its sound. Um, yeah. One thing that I kind of noticed, and I know I, I wasn't that generous on the song, yeah. um, and I feel like it kind of more turned into a me of me ranting and being like, Oh, this song's really overrated. You never uh, rant, but uh, but like, no. but but like, uh, <laughs> but you know, like I don't hate "Baby You're a Rich Man," and actually, one of the strong aspects of that song is the John Lennon vocal delivery, right? And I feel like the 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 vocal does sound does remind me a lot of "Baby You're a Rich Man," that kind of falsetto delivery. Sure, yeah, but doesn't get a bit annoying on this one. Uh, no, you know, I really like it. Yeah, no, you do. I do. I, I think it's so, like there's. It's fine by it's, me. Yeah. Okay. Because this is I think the one it, where it really depends on the day when I listen to this. Because you know, it's like throughout the whole song, he doesn't switch it up anywhere. It's like all falsetto. Um, it's sort of like a bit cloying the the instrumentation. You know, it's a certain style he's going for, and then the lyrics are pretty perfunctory, like you know. I'm the door and you're the key. I'm the lar- like he does this. <laughs> and then on some days I'm amused. I'm like, okay, you're having fun. This is nice. But then on other days I'm like, well, I'm not sure. I could maybe skip this one. I like this one, and it's it's got like a it's 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 pretty. It's it's got a cool kind of chill out mellow vibe. There's a nice like sax bit in there. I like the vocal That's on true. it as well. The sax is cool. I, I like yeah. the vocal on it. it. It's kind of like because for example, like you know. There's songs like uh, the main example that I can think of, I can compare this with in terms of McCartney is so Girlfriend from London Town, right? That's oh, very that's much really done in that comparison. Girlfriend sing is sung in like entirely in a full set. Like there's not well any, done, Mark. Or well there done. might be, or, or there might be like one bit. But that song is a majority. No, full this set is. Song. I think I think and, you're right. And I'll Just say, go, and, what, yeah. and do you like Girlfriend as a song? Like, do, do you like enjoy that one? Or do you I find do. The full set? I do. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm just surprised that because uh, I had the feeling you probably would enjoy that song. So I find it a bit strange that you're kind of like, oh, this full set goes on for the whole song, but. You know, Paul does it on yeah, stuff like Girlfriend. and it. Yeah, I know. But this is sort of like, um, I'm like, is he taking the piss or not? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I like uh, it. I don't I like think it. the melody is the strongest. You know, it's sort of like... Uh, it's it's not, I, I think, yeah, it's not. But I think that's, it's almost like, it's not about the, the melody. It's more like, you know, the it's more about the vibe of the song. Like it's got, it's it's supposed to be, it's, it's more of a kind of song you chill out to. It's not like a kind of... yeah. It's more of a chill up kind of well, song, we'll get, and that's well, why I yeah. like it for it. Well, I'll, I'll return to this uh, remark of yours in the wrap up on this album because I do, yeah, I, w- I want to get back into that, and we, we have a couple of tracks to go, which also, uh, which have to do with this point, with the vibe point. But uh, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, save course, this one. Yeah. I'll save this one because yeah, this, yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting to get back. No, to no, that. yeah, no, I accept there are times where sometimes, even in my experience, when people say it's about the vibe, I'm like. I'm not liking the vibe. So you know, <laughs> it does happen. Well, it does yeah. happen. It does happen. And actually just one thing I wanted to add with this is actually, yeah, yeah. Um, so Elton John did a version of this song and it's the B side to losing the sky with diamonds. That's nice. Yeah, I didn't know that existed before looking that up. So that is a nice little uh, 
thing as well. Yes, yes, yeah. All right. Uh, and then, yeah. And then we get into a kind of a, a kind of, well, the first real kind of, aside from maybe mind games, a big kind of anthem yeah. on this track, yeah. which is uh, Bring on the Lucy, Free the People. Yeah. Again, I think it continues the streak of songs pretty well. Like it's you know, same vein. It's kind of like uh, power to the people. You know, you got some cool riffs in there, and it comes from like a '71 demo, which is called "Free the People." It's, I like this too. I like this too. Yeah. It's charming. Yeah. It's it's endearing. Like it's not anything like that groundbreaking or. But it's just like it's just fun to listen to. This is another one where I'm kind of like it's you know the vibe's cool. Like, yeah, I like and it. I, I like, like his it. I like his delivery. He's getting a bit uh, you know back into the cynical Lennon vibe, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, going uh, like like speaking uh, with the people towards like the powers that be. Uh, and 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 being being a bit cynical about it, and uh, just, just yeah, sort of putting in energy into it. Yeah, I, I sort of like a lot of personality shines through on this song. So I, I like this one. I like the backing track, the way it's recorded, the the energy in the recording, and um, this song also. I think this is one of my favorites of the album, and I think because it's not very, um, it's a bit underground that this will be my underrated banger. Because I really think oh, okay. that, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I assume a sin was also an option, but I, I'm going for the energetic choice uh, on this one. I think it's really cool, and it says a lot about John Lennon as a person. And then uh, to top it off, like one of my favorite movies, Children of Men, uh, actually incorporates this song. So when I watched oh, nice. that movie for the first time, I'm like, oh, geez, a John Lennon song. And they use it actually twice, like the regular version during the movie. And then over the credits, uh, they use like the demo version from the anthology, uh, the John Lennon anthology. such a great effect and i'm like oh like this is i i felt really heard with this filmmaker like seeing the same thing in the song that i did you know like, yeah, yeah that's oh, cool yeah, somebody else who really digs this yeah oh, i like that i like that a lot that's i i, I say i can't say I've, I've heard or seen the film but it's nice when you get like a, a nice little beatles nugget in there so that's cool oh yeah yeah um, and a pretty substantial one you know so uh be, being as that he uses it twice so yeah because yeah. it's not it's not a john lennon song you'd expect to feature no. in a film right because like we mentioned last episode you know you get songs like i'd like for double oh my love is maybe a little bit underrated but it gets features yeah. in in media sometimes right which is why i didn't quite give it the 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 stamp but i nearly did but i didn't in the end but that's a that's like a great example of like just using a song that not again like it's like with um Asumison, like if you went up to someone who knew a bit of john lennon would they know Bring on Lucy through to people, probably not. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so either. So yeah. I think that's a good choice. I like this one a lot. 
Um, so, well, the last track, I use that with open air quotes. Uh, so it's the Newtopian International Anthem. Uh-huh. So what is Newtopia? So I've got a nice kind of explanation of what Newtopia oh, is. please do. Yeah. So Newtopia, citizenship of the country, can be obtained by declaration of your awareness of Newtopia. Newtopia has no land, no boundaries, no passports, only people. Newtopia has no laws other than cosmic. All people of Newtopia are ambassadors of the country. As two ambassadors of Newtopia, we ask for diplomatic immunity and recognition in the in the United Na- in the United Nations of our country and its people. And then, so it's a white flag, and the seal of the country is a seal. So there you go. Oh, jeez. And so, what's what, why 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 am I saying like a song in open? Surely, what is it? It's just there's not any noise. It's nothing. It's it's four seconds of just. Silence. Sits out of sick one, John. And the, the, yeah. I described this as like, oh, there's pretentiousness of sometime in New York City has cre- yeah. crept into yeah. that album. Yeah. It yeah. is really... He, could, is. I he mean, couldn't at least, let it go. Yeah. I mean, at least it's just like nothing. Like it's literally nothing. Three seconds of nothing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, so, I'll, put, I'll put in a, a sample right now. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That was great, it. Great national anthem. <laughs> great national, great national anthem. Like, I, yeah, I, 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 it's it's funny because when I, when I looked on YouTube to like yeah. um, on the on the official like John Lennon YouTube, just to like because just to see if it was on YouTube and it was. And I looked. I went to look at the comments section. They turned off the comments section. I wanted to see what the, like because I feel like the people on the people in the John Lennon families could have come up with some very funny comments about that song, but. Yeah. Just what a wasted opportunity that was. Turn the comments on. Oh, yeah, that would have been a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> as uh, just you know, as I said, it's 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 like it's harmless, but it's, you're yeah. kind of just like why? You're kind of just yeah. like why? As I said, yeah. it's you no. Know, I mean, I guess I would take it over quite a bit of sometime in New York City because it doesn't offend, right? <laughs> no, like, like and it, it's it over do- quickly. <laughs> yes, but it's just it's strange, and it's and again, it's it's really pretentious. Like I, I said that a lot with sometime in New York City, but like this is a yes, this is crept back in there, and I'm I'm not I, I'm not happy about it. Thinks it symbolizes that album to me, and I'm yeah. like I don't like that album. It's the no, worst thing. No, it's, the, no. it's the worst thing we've spoken about, you know, so far. <laughs> like it's you know. Well, let's flip the record. Yeah, we, you know, happily, B, right? happily, happily with uh, intuition. This is a, this is a I put it I put it's a funky as fuck track. Yeah, this is a banger, right? Great baseline. Yeah. Um, again, it's like you said earlier about some of the other songs that the musicians play their part in this song really well. Like it's got a tight tight band sound. There's some really cool exactly. keys as well. Like it's, yeah, the, like a solo, right? A key mm-hmm. solo. Who's uh, yeah? I don't know who plays it. Probably. Uh, let me look into that. Oh, Ken Asher. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it gets me thinking. I would like to. I would. I would have liked some more. I would have liked some more proper funky John Lennon. I could well, have been he, fun. yeah, he does get pretty funky in this period, right? He does, I mean, he it's does just like, but like, yeah. as in like, I feel like we could have had more. Like there is some, there's definitely some funky, but like, I mean, in terms of like this track, it's like, you know, there's, it definitely gets, he does do it, but like, I feel like we could have had maybe a bit more. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You get a taste of it on in the next couple of albums, but then it goes away very quickly. 
he yeah he 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 might have like uh, made it uh, like like did a whole if he would have done a whole album in this style that might have been really interesting. Right? I would I would I would love that. Like well, as I said, like again, there's because you get some tracks that yeah like are, are funky, but you could kind of argue that a bit funky or bit bit of soul in there as well. Like it's yeah. But this one I'd say is very close to like just straight kind of funk like it's you know it is it is it's, it's really, really cool. great it's like uh, it's fun one. you were telling me you you've been listening to stevie wonder well i i do sort of like hear like stevie wonder like influences in this uh in this Definitely, track yeah 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 so I, I like this one a lot this is another one that kind of stood out to me when i first listened to this album back you know all those years ago um, yeah it's just uh, not uh, underrated yeah. enough for me to give it the banger but i no, think this no. is this is one of my more standout john lennon tracks yeah i think as well like I, there's another still another song that we yet to get to that i will mm. give that one yeah to. and oh, speaking of which i've just realized the next track out the blue So this, yeah, this one straight out the bat is getting the underrated stamp for me. Oh, I feel like go. it's it just doesn't this just doesn't get enough credit. I think it's oh. it's it it doesn't really make many. I mean, maybe it's on the more recent compilation, but again, like when you talk about John Lennon hits and like I don't I don't hear this get much chatter. No, no, and, and it's a great and, melody. And it's it, really, really and if you've haunting. Given, and if you've given Gimme Some Truth the yeah. underrated banger stamp, yeah. Which That's I don't, true. I wouldn't have done that personally, but it's your decision. I'm not going to, you know, cry a river over that. Then, uh, if we're using that, then out the blue, definitely. Oh, uh, you can worthy. definitely do that because you know it's the difference between it being like uh, a known commodity to John Lennon fans, maybe even Beatle fans. But then, you know, we also hope to shine a bit of light on this to the outside world, people who listen to, you know, lots of other music exactly. as well. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a legit choice, definitely. I, I, I think it's yeah, a really great it. production, really moving. Uh, yeah, really a, a great build-up, you know, uh, of starting out with just the guitar and then the instrumentation getting busier and, 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 and evolving across the length of the track. Uh, yeah, I think a, a great vocal as well. And this is one of the, the, the places where just like, uh, I in, like Yoko comes into play, you know, yes. it's sort of like a messaging to Yoko. And this is also where I'm talking about like the, the divide within this album where one, one side is like the political side and the other side is like ballads to Yoko. And then also just some, uh, you know, like pop music, like intuition. It's sort of like a little bit disjointed. If you if you know what I mean, right? Yeah, that's that's that I when sort of looking into the research of mind games in particular, because um, yeah. I've been using the Beatles Bible because that gathers a lot of different things from a number of places. That's a good resource for me. And like, yeah, whoever the, the author of whoever wrote the main overview of each song of mind games, like they're kind of implying that like, oh, it's a really disjointed album and it's a bit of a almost like well, maybe not a mess, but like a kind of a a weak point in Lennon's solo career, which I don't agree with. It's maybe no, a little bit, I don't agree either. But, but I think you might be able to sequence it a bit more. That like you get thematic blocks within the album, right? But I think, but, but I think as well, you, that's not uh, that does happen on some of the other classic Lennon albums, right? It's a mix. Like you know, you got songs like you know stuff from Imagine. Um, yeah, there's you know there's like a there's a number of different things that are discussed on that album, and that album's loved rightly so, right? 
Um, true, true. I feel like mind games. It's 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 kind of yeah. It's kind of like a. It does in parts remind me a bit of Imagine, but like a older version with kind of an older different... version, and maybe the songwriting just being not that yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. strong and, as on Imagine uniformly yes. across the board. Of course, right? yes, of course, right. But yeah, that's what I mean by that. And like, I think as well, and some. This of stuff... is a great choice. This is like, yeah, I mean, this is like opening this. side two with Intuition and Out the Blue right after each other. I mean, that's great. That's yeah, just... it's uh, and the thing is, well, I feel like some people could maybe interpret the lyrics on this song as yeah. maybe a little bit goofy, but I, I would, I would pose yeah, a strong the UFO count- bit, like a UFO. Uh, but you know what? You I, I, yeah. I kind of what that I see. That's a line where actually I would defend that because the way that I see that, I actually think that's a very good line, and it could upon like first a, like a dust like a dustbin lid. Uh, <laughs> like a no, with, line. <laughs> no, no, but with like a UFO, you came to me. You, I think you could actually give quite an interesting interpretation on that. Whereas yeah. the dustbin lid, that's just a scouse <laughs> yeah, word, right? It's just like a scouse slammer. <laughs> but the way I see it is like, so like a UFO, you came to me and blew away life's misery, right? It's yeah. almost like the idea that kind of John Lennon and his kind of struggles to actually find real love for anyone, right? It's almost yeah. like an alien concept to him. So the fact that someone like Yoko came into his life like uh, like an like an alien, like a UFO, it's like this alien concept. So the fact that he... So I think there's more to it than like, oh, it's just a goofy throwaway line. I think That's, there's a lot more to unpack with it. I, I think you tell it you tell it very convincingly. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could even go along with that. Yeah, uh, I, I like that line. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's, I think it's... I think that's nice. I think it's just the phrasing, you know, where where sort of like it, it sort of like sticks out, right? But if you do get a like nice interpretation for yourself going... Uh, yeah. Again, I mean, I, I totally agree on this being like a really strong track and being one of the standouts on this album yeah this is definitely definitely my favorite uh, i I like this interpretation i think i've I've never looked at it that way and i think that's really interesting yeah Yeah. i I think i think this is just i think it's as well like it's maybe known as well but it it deserves more credit i think Um, it definitely does i mean even lennon himself i'm gonna kill the mood a bit by with a quote Uh, but that well that's just another kind of love song nothing special yeah wrong like <laughs> did you listen to the production john and i'm defending oh, your the piano solo i yeah. love the piano solo in yeah this one. it's great I, it's I, really good i remember yeah. listening to um it's one it's one of the other beatles who is it it was people's podcast so it might have been um who was it it, it might have even oh, who was it there was someone i listened to and like this song was their like wedding song oh, they used nice. this song as like yeah. a, i thought that was a cool outside the i can't remember who it was it was I, I, it's not like a Beatles podcast that I listen mm. to very often, but it was just, yeah, yeah. I remember coming across it and then mentioned, I was like, that's a cool light choice. I respected that. As someone who loves that song, I was like, that's a very good choice. I respect that. Yeah, it is. It is. So about the piano solo though, because yeah, uh, earlier I mentioned uh, Ken Asher, Kenneth Asher, uh, who's an American jazz pianist composer who plays the piano, <laughs> just being like a hand for hire studio guy on, on this album. Well, his claim to fame is that he co-wrote the song Rainbow Connection from the Muppet movie, which you oh, might know from this YouTube yeah. clip being shared of Kermit singing it, and which was actually nominated for an, for an Academy Award in uh, 1979. That's, a, that's, so, that's the, He would have made serious money off that song as well. Yeah, by co- so that's by pretty interesting. A, by having yeah. a co-write on that, like you'll make bank off that. Yeah, so that's before, the dream. Get, that's and the dream. this is get, a couple a couple of years prior, you know, yeah, just toiling away in 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 the LA studios working on John's newest album. That's that's always kind of been one of my dreams. Is either what in both in kind of the music world would be either to get a co-write on a song that would be really famous, or 
a Christmas right, song, old, right? Yes, Obviously. yes, write a <laughs> Christmas song, write a Christmas song, and then like just get, get the it check so every get, year. Yeah. Christmas isn't going away. No, no, man. Like Paul McCartney could happily live off, and John Lennon, oh, just, if he was, just you know, that they, alone. Yeah. Those, their estates can happily live off just those two Christmas songs, but Definitely. they have other songs as well, so like they're even more minted, right? So that'll be the dream. But we'll move on. We'll move on. Only people with. Yeah, I, I think this is kind of this is this is a it's still a fun one. Um, you know, it's got some kind of yeah, some funky keys in there. Um, I mean, it's probably one of the weaker tracks for me. Um, but, you could, couldn't you, know. you just just to be honest, right? I mean, this album is like forty minutes total. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, couldn't you just like we could miss this one, right? Yeah, I wouldn't really. I wouldn't. Yeah, it doesn't really add to the album. Yeah, this and this and maybe yeah, this or maybe the track after that. Either or, I'm not. Ooh, well, we'll get into that in it's, the track I after know. this. I, but... I feel like yeah, I think this is probably worse. Like, this I is think co- so because it doesn't really go yeah. anywhere. Uh, yeah, like musically, it's interesting, but he sort of does. He can do that in his sleep. I mean, he's a Beatle. Yeah, it's but, it's a bit it's a bit more basic in comparison to the track after this, I suppose. Yeah, as well, I think so too. I think yeah. those are kind of maybe the two tracks I would. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, this this to me is like you know this and uh, I think two tracks from now you are here. We'll get into that, but uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say about only people other than you know it's not really. Highlights, yeah. yeah. Like, there's the nice kind of delivery line of like, "Oh, we don't want no big brother." Yeah. Um, like, yeah, and I, I know Lennon, the Lennon is isn't now and then even, you know. Yeah, I say Lennon's not too keen on this song either. Really, like he said, uh, that was a failure as a song. It was a good lick, but I could never, yeah, I couldn't ever get the words to make sense. So it's basically, well, for, I think, yeah, for once, I agree with him yeah, about a song. I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's like a, I can see what he's going for. Like it's it's kind of like with a song, like I guess, like it's only love. I can see what you're going for, but it's not quite executed that well. Um, I mean, you know, I'd maybe I'd maybe take it's only love over this actually, but yeah, no, well, I, I yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would too actually. Yeah, because like this, De- this definitely, kind of, it's it's like it's kind of one of the songs that I'll be I'll you know tap my foot to it or whatever, but it's not. Yeah, it's just because you don't want to get up and skip it's, it's re- it. On, it's really, on the record, it's, right? it's, it's a pretty like basic. It's very basic. Song, it's filler. Right? This is the definition of filler. Yeah, it really for is for Lennon, right? Yeah. Well, and, but then yeah. I know, I know, because you said I might be able to skip this one. I think this is uh, yeah, one of the stronger, uh, not not in like the top tier on this album, but just outside the top, like it, like about the middle. Yeah, just rank all the songs. I think it's just because there's a lot of other tracks on this album that I really prefer, to be honest. It, I like I the vocals. I, I like the guitar. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, the guitar, like in the intro as well, especially is really nice. And there's some nice licks in the chorus. The bass as well is pretty cool. Yeah, um, lots of melodic bass. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't quite capture me as much as like a lot of the other songs. It, it kind of falls down the peck in order just because... I have I have a lot more. Everything else kind of entices me a bit more. This one I'm a bit like, 
Yeah, it's cool, oh, yeah. but the I other like stuff this. It's has, sort of like I do, it, yeah, it, I, I do like it. I do like it. It's but like I, a I jealous just, guy rewrite, you know, sort of like that sort of messaging, yeah. you know, being a bit guilty. I, I yeah, I like it. It, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not as strong as Jealous Guy, but it sort of has a nice... If you're talking about the vibe meeting the content, to me, this does it better than, you know, the previous or the next track, to me, personally. But Yeah, as I said, I don't, I don't hate the song. I do like it. I, I don't know. I just not quite... It just it's, When you listen to this album, for me, in a, in a you know, this is the album in one go, you, you get to this song and you're like, yeah, this is cool, but I don't, I'd rather listen to the other songs on the album. Or most of them, or most of them. I said, there's like, there's not. Only it's better than only people, but yeah, you know. definitely, yeah. Um, well, then, how do you feel about the next one? Because to me, this is like this is sandwiched. I know, I know. It's sort of like a highlight in between only people, and then you are here, which to me is like four minutes of nothing. You know what? I, I quite. Um, it's like you're in Hawaii, but nothing else happens. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I actually, I actually quite dig this one. You do? Why? I, I quite Tell dig me why. you are. I quite dig yeah. you are here. Like again, I'm not like, I'm not like in love with it. Again, there are better tracks on Mind Games than this one, but I take this over. I know, I know. Um, okay, okay. I probably fair enough. Ta- I would take it over tight as. Yeah, it's just kind of one where you when would? I listen, oh. it's kind of one that like I, when I went back to it, I was like, actually, this is. Slightly better than I gave it credit for. I'm not again. I wasn't like oh, I wasn't blown away by it, but oh, I'm like, like sort of like I'm missing melody in places. I'm like you know I can't I, I, really. I, once I, I'm again, done listening to it, I can't recall it, and I have to listen to it again. And sort I, think, of like I, to, I, I think it's just I don't know. It's I think it's it's, it's pretty nice and chilled out. Like you got a nice use of the choir used pretty effectively. Um, like the you know it's the, you know the music's like a solid foundation of the track, and you've got some like. Uh, kind of, so a little bit of country vibe going on there. I don't know. Like it's, I think there's, I think because it's just there's a, there's a bit of charm to it. Whereas like something like Only People, like yeah, well it's yeah, that doesn't really have much charm. I don't know. Like I, I kind of whenever I listen to it, I'm like, oh, it's kind of one of those ones when you when you go back to it, you're like, actually, this is better than I remember. Um, oh wow, yeah. I was I was like, I like very it. disappointed. I'm like, oh, oh hopefully okay. this will you know sort of like uh, I, I sort of because I read the track listing again and I'm like. You are here. I'm not sure what's the like the because when I read like the title, like melody will pop into my head or a phrase or something about a song. But then on this one, I'm like, I don't seem to recall what was this again. And I started playing it, and I'm like, it, it doesn't go anywhere to me. It's sort of like it, it even annoys me a bit. But you know, this is the fun thing about you know having well, different tastes and yeah, uh, I know yeah. what you mean. Especially, I mean, after kind of out the blue, I do find that yeah, the other the tracks that follow are. They are kind of forgettable, but I think like of the of the unforgettable bunch, like yeah. when I went back to You Are Here, I was actually pretty impressed. Like I was like, okay, this is well, better than I was yeah. like, this is actually pretty decent. Like, why do I not remember this? Whereas like with I know, I know, I was like, yeah, this is cool. Um, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't. Nothing kind of well, really was like. Oh, we'll wow. have to agree to disagree yeah. on this one, but it's uh, yeah. People should listen to themselves if they can spare four minutes and twelve seconds. Pretty long. It's pretty long. Could have been shorter. Uh, Give me that. Possibly, one. possibly. Ah, oh, there we go. There we go. It's fine. It's, you know, um, but yeah. So the lyrics for "You Are Here" like um, they were taken from an art exhibition held in 1968 at the Robert Fraser Gallery, and then in like 1972, him and Elephant's Memory. So that's the band. That performed on sometime in New York City. Um, that pile of shit. 
and then uh, I think I always think as well that you are here. And, and you know what? The more I think about it, maybe part of the reason why I like it so much is it links to two other songs within the kind of the solar Beatles canon. I actually yeah. really dig. I mean, it's not as good as the, the two songs I'm going to mention, but it links. There's definite links in terms of the themes with, you know, George's George Harrison's "Be Here Now." And even sure. Paul McCartney's Do It Now, which is a more That's recent. The only thing I know. Do it now, do it now, while the vision is clear. Do it now, while the feeling is So, oh, yeah. I, can't, yeah. I think I kind of like those songs of like you know living in the moment and as much as it's a bit of a cliche. Oh, but that's nice. But yeah, when it's, well, when it's no, I think maybe that that's, speaks to you. Yeah, I think, no, I think I mean, it does. Yeah. I think I, I think I like when it's done tastefully. I like those kind of songs that, that explore like the whole live in the yeah. moment. I think, and that's yeah. kind of I think that's well, the kind it's of, nothing if not tasteful. This production, I mean, it's really meticulous. It's really like you know every guitar is in its place. It just does, doesn't really do anything for me. But the way you explain it now, I can see why this would you know, like strike yeah. a chord within you, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of that's the, a great the, explanation. It's kind of yeah. the George Harrison fan in me. Like I love those kind of those uh, the, like a lot of those kind of simple yet very spiritual phrases i'm like oh that's actually really poignant like be here now all things must pass i think is a great quote all things must pass is a great quote to live by like i think that's maybe why you are here i'm like i like this like it's it's definitely not as good as be here now and you know paul mccartney's do it now i would rather listen to than this but like i like i kind of liked that whole idea um, well, I'm, I'm glad like you that, that we went digging a bit and that you dug this up because it's that's a really great reason just personally for you to yeah. sort of like love that song, you know? Yeah, and another, yeah, and another yeah. actually another thing I want to add quickly because I've only just seen it because the way the pages are cut off on my notes. So there's a whole thing of John Lennon and Harry Nilsson they challenged each other to write a song with the same title of "You Are Here," um, and yeah, so there's like the Nilsson song was rediscovered. Yeah. Um, in 2010, and it appears on an RCA album collection released in 2013. So yeah, and, and, he, and Lennon describes it as like, uh, he says, I sort of attempted a Latin-esque song in a ballad tradition. Oh, yeah. Which again, I kind of like some of those Latin-inspired, I mean, Paul does it more often. Yeah. Uh, they normally win me over. And, uh, everything, yeah. I think, I think with You Are Here, it has a lot, I think with You Are Here, it just has a lot of components of stuff that I just, I, I gravitate towards. So that's why I'm a bit more, again, I don't love it, but I like it more than probably yeah, yeah. some right. of the other tracks on the album. But, you know. Cool, cool. All right. Well, that's nice. Uh, So then we can close out the album with Meat City. Strange title. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. It's um, I mean, there's a one kind of interesting thing off the back. So it's because it's the B side to Mind Games, right? Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Um, so what happens is so on that it it tells uh, listeners to play the album backwards. Yeah. So I believe if you play Meat City backwards, you get the instructions to, and I quote, fuck a pig. Fuck a pig. Yeah, you do. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, I can, you know, it, it's a, it's got like, it's kind of a cool rocking vibe. Um, but it's, I think it's, I think it's kind of one of the weaker tracks really like it's the guitar, like at times like drowns out the vocal, like this is kind of of the only track on this album where I'm like, yeah, the production on this is quite messy. Like it it is, but I, I like it in that way. It's sort of like, I mean, this this is really like a, a throwaway instrumental, or it's not an instrumental in this case, but, you know, it maybe could have been. Uh, Sounds it, like it most of the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, I think it's still interesting in sort of like the energy, the nasty riff. I mean, it's not in any way like a, I, I might even hesitate to call it a proper song. Uh, but you know, it's a really cool jam and, uh, I do like it when Le- Lennon gets loose, which he definitely does on this song. Yeah, so, you I, know, I'm, I'm just not that keen on this one. And there's another track that we'll get to on walls and bridges. I feel like it's very similar to this. Well, and, t- um, it's in title, right? Beef jerky. Probably. Yeah. I'm yeah. not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that keen. I'm, I don't oh, like yeah. d- again. I don't, but I'm just, uh, they're a bit. Yeah, they, they don't do to, they don't do too much for me. Like again, they yeah. like I'm always I'm always okay with that song that's got a nice rock and edge to it, but it doesn't really. I just think it just to me the song is just quite messy, and I'm like it's, it's I'm just like I if it's maybe I'd appreciate it more if I actually could hear what John was saying because a lot of the yeah. time he's just drowned out by it, and it's like no, you can't really understand him. Like if um, you go to to the lyrics are pretty interesting, actually, yeah, you know, because yeah, he really yeah. goes places, but. And I like the backwards bit, of course, the quote mm-hmm. you you mentioned, and sort of like, yeah, I like the mess it is. It's messy, but I like it. Uh, I no, just think, I think, it just, yeah. I think it just shows a bit of like kind of always like laziness on Lennon's part a little oh, bit. Yeah. But um, I, the other things I wanted to add as well, so it's like this snippets used of um, so, so Gary US Bond's quarter to three is used in there, and then there's a demo, one of the demo versions ends up getting used on Steel and Glass, which is on the next album that we'll talk about. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was nice, um, right. but yeah, my games overall, it's, it's it's a very underrated album. It kind of takes a dip towards the end yeah. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it does definitely. But like I, side A is like definitely stronger than side yeah. B. But then side B has it has its has its you know has its has yeah, its charms. Yeah. Like intuition out the blue. Well, like I said, you could mm-hmm. you could lose one or maybe two tracks, and the thing is, is sort of like mellowed out tracks. If you look at like one day at a time, uh, like well, uh, you are here. Yeah, like, so if you have Out the Blue on the album, I'm like, why would you also put, like, One Day at a Time and You Are Here on this album? And uh, Meat City is also basically filler. I mean, yeah, I know I know, I like the song, but it's still a filler song. I mean, it could have been a B, yeah. just a B-side. You know? if, I was cutting off, if I was cutting off a song, it would either be, yeah, Meat City or Only People. I'd probably yeah. lean me towards Meat City because I think it's just a mess, and I'm like, this is like. This well, you could lose fu- both of them if you mm. if you'd make it like a ten yeah. track album. If you'd lose both, it'd be stronger, like straight away. I think I, you I, are I, here I, would actually really work as just an album closer. Problem, yeah, I agree. Just like go out on a vibe, right? 
I, I agree. I think that that's what I was just about to say. Took the words right from oh, my mouth. Yeah. I, that would have been a go. nice yeah. would have been a nice kind of way to like close the album. I think again, I it would, it would. with that kind of mess, especially with the kind of meshing that is kind of linked a little bit to you know Yoko in terms of like you know the whole artsy kind of yeah. vibe. Like it would have been a nice way to close the album. Um, but instead, you got kind of the mess that's Meet City, and you're like, I don't know. It kind of it, the album ends on a bit of a bit of a fart in church. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> You know, that's a great expression it is it's, one, it's a good uh, british saying that um, yeah. but i like it well, very, yeah. it's underrated it's it's got it's, some, it's, it's definitely it's, underrated i think it's not yeah it's still like we'll get into the next album but mm, uh mm, yeah mm. I'm, I'm 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 interested to see how you rate that versus this walls and bridges versus this one but uh in between he does some recording for like the last album we'll discuss today so yes. he starts off with rock and roll but then yeah what the short version is he goes into the studio with Phil Spector and every other LA session musician wants to join in, but then they go a bit crazy and Phil Spector actually bounces with, with the master tapes and he's gone <laughs> and nobody knows where he is oh, <laughs> after he's shot up the ceiling of the studio <laughs> with his Phil, gun. Phil Spector with a gun. That's just, that's foreshadowing of, um, ah. and well, you know, uh, you know, we might as well touch on it now. So for those of you who don't know, um, and I actually had to tell a friend recently about Phil Spector because my friend oh, asked did? me about Phil Spector and I was like, yeah, he, um, he was like, what do you think of Phil Spector, Mark? And I was like, well, Phil Spector, he was responsible for a lot of music that I really like, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but he did kill someone. So yeah. he's actually like a murderer. Yeah. Yeah, he is a convicted murderer. He's a convicted um, murderer. He shot a woman with a gun. Um, uh, he, and he's just overall as well, just like a horrible person. Yeah. Like, even, even before that, like there's stories of him, you know, when he's married to Ronnie Spector, like people, yeah, like, mistreating her. Yeah. Like Ronnie Spector became an alcoholic because she wanted to get out of the house and go to AA meetings. Like, imagine how bad of a person you must be to where like the person that you're married to is like, yeah, yeah. that's, 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 that's just a quick insight to Phil Spector. Some people who maybe don't know, but we'll, we'll move on to, We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we, we, we choose in this case for for history purposes to separate the uh, person from the art. Yeah, so to discuss it in that way, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'll say we'll, we'll we'll lift the mood now with walls and bridges. So there was, we go. Well, a big lift. So it was released on the twenty sixth of September, nineteen seventy four, and then recording mm. takes place between July and August of seventy four. So a really quick one. turnaround, right? So yes, he records it, and like a month later, he just releases it. Really great. Yep. John Lennon returns to produce the album again. And uh, so this is recorded at the record plant East in New York city. So it's, uh, it's the, you know, similar, it's a, a different studio um, in like the, I would assume the East of New York, but it, oh, yeah. it's under the record plant name. Uh-huh. That's the understanding that I get from it. Um, so but quickly, before we dive into the tracks, I just want to say the, the overall, not just the, the album cover, but the overall art package Four Walls and Bridges is yeah. it's it's the best like John Lennon artwork. Oh, like yeah. we're talking like the overall yeah like you know like there's some other great album covers and stuff, but the artwork is like opening up for art is great. Like there's yeah you got the things that fold out and you can make faces and stuff. Yeah. And there's like some cool images and there's like a booklet as well. Yeah, um, and it's child the- drawings, right? So his own yes. child drawings, sort of like cut up in three strips, and you can like sort of like make your own cover, your own. Yes, album and cover. I believe I just want to double check this quickly, but the so the painting from Walls and Bridges, yeah, um, it's by John Lennon. Um, yeah. He did that as a child. I just want to double check the the what's because I know the photo is of a football match, but I just want to double check because I believe there's a personal connection in there oh, yeah. somewhere. So I just want to quickly double check that. Um, 
Because it might even say on the. Oh, I really want to find this. You um, think it's oh, a Newcastle shirt, right? It, it's a. It's a new. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's yeah. a Newcastle Arsenal. Game. Oh yeah, it's, Arsenal. It's, it's, yeah, it's that, an old that, FA Cup final, which I probably believe, checks out. Which I yeah. believe Newcastle won. I mean, so this uh, he drew it in. It says here June 1952, age 11. Yes. So should be a 50s match, like yes. maybe that year even. Yes, that would add up. I just want to see. So it comes from. Yes, here we go. So it's uh oh, yeah. it's a 1951 FA Cup final. Uh oh. So Newcastle Arsenal. Is the fixture, and I want to double check the score of that quickly. But yeah, what able, was I'll, the result? Yeah, I'll be able to find that. I'll be able to find that very quickly. Football is very yeah. well documented on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, did uh, yes, we won two 0 Get in, <laughs> get in. I knew we'd. I knew we'd won. I know we've got here. I know we've won about six FA Cups. I believe this is like so, joy. Seventeen years in. later, I could just Come hear on. it in your voice. That's really Up the good. boys. <laughs> uh, I, I had the feeling we won that game. I couldn't remember the score. Two 0 yeah. I'll take that. Up yeah. the boys. So I love that. A Newcastle cup win which is very rare um in the, in these modern times is on yeah. a john lennon album so that's yeah, but but that's, the actual design great. of the whole album is really cool it's one of the like it it's is. one of my favorite it's my favorite artwork um one of my favorite album covers probably not my favorite but up yeah. there up there for sure yeah. it's uh, oh, the artwork's is definitely worth checking out if, even if you can just go to a shop and find like the artwork have, yeah. a, have a play around with it it's pretty fun yeah. um but let's just dive straight into the first track on the album which is uh going down on love what do you think of this one Yeah, I think this is great. I mean, uh, he sets the scene with some like some percussion, some congas, very much in the '70s style. I mean, you, you you might have you might even mistake it like for a Marvin Gaye track, like the intro, but just a bit slower, you know? Yeah, it's, very, it's quite yeah. soulful in it. Yeah, bit. very soulful, and just really he, uh, you know, I, I I I think the whole sound overall. I think this sets the scene for the sound of the album total, which is very soulful, very very funky, lots of horn arrangements. Uh, great backing band on this album as well and uh yeah like I, it just sounds really professional and i don't know if that's right you know i know what you mean i know what yeah you mean. and, and yeah. It, it, the bass goes up a level because klaus Forman returns and i'm really really partial to klaus Forman on bass i love his bass playing and uh, he wasn't there for the previous album and uh it's good to have uh, him back yeah and jesse Ed davis who also plays with clapton with george harrison uh, plays guitar on here nicky hopkins which is a familiar name for you know the fans so yeah I, I i think this starts out great with the horn section on on track number one and um yeah it, it this this just uh and, and and it's also with some sexual innuendo you know in the phrasing but also the emotional act of just going down on his knees and sort of like asking for forgiveness to yoko so you know, it's it's really interesting that he this is what he chooses to open the album with. But I think it's a really strong opener. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I, I agree with you on the. It's I mean, it's an interesting just like choice to kick off the album. Um, you you could I feel like the the more the like the the choice that a lot of people would have gone for to kick off the album would have been the track after this because it's a bit more. But I'm not. I I don't have a problem with this kick on the album. It's it's a I like it. It kind of sets the scene a bit more for the content of the album yeah um like you said it's exactly. very like it's very confessional in terms of the songwriting like i think people, it is 
people would assume that it's like a sexual innuendo, but I don't really. It's more about kind of. It's not going down in a sexual sense. It's more going down. No, I think it's both. You know, you could interpret it both ways because it's pretty sexy track. You know, the sound of the track. Yeah, I I think maybe it's one of those things of like it's it's you know it's in terms of its lyrical content, it's more actually about the mood. But obviously, with that phrasing, you kind of like well, you know, (laughs) so it's it's like a purposely done. Yeah. You know, there's there's no kind of sexual innuendos in the lyrics, but like the title could suggest. Oh, it is. sure, sure. So like that's yeah, and I like the production on this one. Like it's yeah, you know, and it's like an account of the domestic dramas since the split with Yoko and stuff. Like I really like this one. It's a, it sets up the album nicely because um, I said it might not be kind of as punchy. Um, it's a bit more kind of you know, but I, I, as I said, the bongos are a nice touch as well. Yeah. Um. I, I think th- you know that's that's kind of a nice thing as well. So. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting choice to start the album, but I, I like the choice. I think it's a, it's a, I like it when sometimes, and you get you know you get um, you know Paul's done that before as well, where he kind of throws a bit of a curveball and does a slightly different yeah choice for kicking off the album. And I think John does it well. He does it well yeah. here. It's a good choice. Agreed, to kick off the album. Agreed. Really cool one. Well, then like the big hit, and I think John's returned to the ch- to the top of the charts uh, in the US. Yeah, in um, the US, whatever gets you through the night. It's a shame that I mean it did do pretty well in the UK, but I was I was a little bit disappointed that this song didn't get to number one because like it would yeah. be nice, but it it, it didn't. Um, and yeah, so this is the, this is where we get uh, Elton John. He provides you know a harmonies on this, um, which is cool. So yeah, I've got like a kind of uh, there's like an account of the Elton John stuff. So um, yeah, or is it? Yeah. So uh, he said I was fiddling about one night. Now when John walked in with uh, Tony King of Apple, you know, we're all good friends. And the next minute Elton said, uh, say, can I put a bit of piano on that? I said, sure, love it. He zapped in. I was amazed at his ability. Uh, was it? I knew him, but I'd never seen him play. A fine musician, great piano player. I was really pleasantly surprised at the way he could get on such a loose track and add to it and keep up with the rhythm changes. Obviously, because it doesn't keep the same rhythm. And then he sang with me. We had a great time. Which I like that. It's a nice. Yeah, that's nice. I like it. And they had a, they had a wager as well where yeah they had the wager where uh, so if it got to number one, um, they would perform. John Lennon would perform this song live with him at Madison Square Garden, and I believe they also do. Was it? I saw her standing there. I want to say as well. They do by an old and estranged fiance of of John's, as he yes. mentions. Yeah. Yes, so that's, that's nice. I, I especially I especially like that kind of him. Yeah, it, it's strange. I, it's strange, kind of that. In, in the in, in the musical world that you have mates with musicians but you yeah. you don't see them play so him like knowing elton very well and then him yeah. like actually seeing him play piano and like i think as well it really kind of puts into perspective how great of a musician elton john is yeah yeah i, I really like his stuff my dad's a big elton john fan so that was a lot of music that i heard in my childhood and stuff oh, so great like, great musician great musician and and also like the the uh well the, the the start of like a great live performance and a sort of like return to the stage for john with with the wager brought on by elton and uh you know it's just a thing this song I, i've never been too enthusiastic about it just because it doesn't really catch me in 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 the way other tracks on this album do i think it's a bit of a like a a fish out of water in in the track list i mean it is energetic it does have the 70s sort of like 
maybe almost disco influence looking at the tempo you know style but uh in some way it's like it's not really typical john as well and that's okay you know he needs to try things and experiment and those might work it's just that you know i sort of like respect this song more than i love it if you know what i mean yeah i think for me for me this holds its own like it's definitely yeah. it's one of my favorites on the album it's not my favorite there's a few other tracks i prefer but it holds its own for me like i really like it. it's just it's it's one of those ones that it's just it's a really nice listen and like it's just it just hits all the sweet spots for me and i like that kind of soul funky vibe you know I, th- I think you need it in the sequencing of the yeah, album as well exactly I mean, like, like, yeah this- i do think that but it's just not you know my my most favorite yeah yeah, it's it's like a good song as well that you can kind of put on in a. It's it's one of the few kind of John Lennon songs as well where you could say if you're at a party and you were given the Orcs and you got to put put on a song, you could put this song on and it would yeah, go down well. People would enjoy it. Like it's a good kind of like feel good. I think I think I think I just have a great appreciation for what it is. It's a bit different for John Lennon as well, yeah. which yeah. I which I I like it. It holds its own very well, and I like the. Yeah, and I, I just as well. I really like Elton's playing on it. Um, actually, the melody and the rhythm was inspired by uh, George McRae's "Rock Your Baby." Yeah, as well. And oh, as well, I'll put the, in a uh, bit of the demo version where you can really hear that. As well, so the title as well for the song is inspired by like a a late night documentary about alcoholism. So the, the documentary was called whatever gets you through the night, well, which, you know, that's, that's a strange title for a documentary. Uh, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that's where it came from, but that's what it is apparently. But um, yeah, I, I think this is, it, as I said, you could have had this kick off the album and I think it would have done a job. That might have even worked better, better for me because I sort of like get into vibe with going down on love and then sort of like shakes you out of it and then we go back into yeah like a more melodramatic song with uh, Old Dirt Road right Yeah, yeah, this is like this has got a really cool riff to like kick things off. Gold Dirt Road, like it's yeah, it's 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 a bit more, it's a bit more, it's like a bit more mellow, a little, I mean, like a little, a little bit, but more chilled out. Um, it's a co-write with Harry Nilsson. Yeah, which is, is nice. Is that like the only co-write apart from Yoko, of course, in his solo discography? Uh, you I know, think I, so, right? I think it might be, which is makes it a very special track. And I think around this time, like. This is when like John Maypang, Ringo, Nilsson, Keithman, when they lived, so they lived in like a beach hut in Santa Monica. And so they would like, the whole reason they were staying to, together in the, that kind of clique was to make yeah. sure they showed up on time to their recordings, but they didn't. So yeah, I don't have a lot for this song in terms of like facts or stories. Um, no. But it's a cool track. I, I do really like this one. Um, it's, it's a song that I kind of, when I go back to it on Balls of Bridge, I'm like, oh yeah, actually this is... This is better than I remember. Like I kind of almost like forget how good it is. But it's 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 a really good listen. This is this is like a. I mean, there's so many underrated tracks in this album, but 
It's up. It there. has some pretty weird lyrics. It does. We have like it trying does. to shovel smoke with a pitchfork in the wind. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's 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 like I don't know. So there's not a lot to say about it, but that doesn't mean it is bad. It's just it's a it's a no, really good track. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, this I is like, like decent filler, right? Hmm. I like it again. Like it's beautiful not like, piano, you know, yeah, which is like, more like, like jealous, jealous guy like piano riffs. Yeah, you know, it's not one of my, it's not one of my, you know, all time favorites off the album, but it's far from the worst thing on it. Like it's fun. No, I like it's it. It's cool. Beautifully it's cool. produced. Well, then we get what you got. energetic yeah i i um, really love this one. Oh, uh, are we gonna i'm a big gonna... sucker for this song like I, I, i'm even i mean before before we get into this i'm gonna throw the stamp on that oh I'm, there you are I'm, yeah like so we cross over once again mark oh, it's been brilliant. a while I, I thought this was gonna get into a debate i thought we yeah, were gonna no 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 be no squabbling about this. It's, this is... no it's been a while but this is a one man this oh, is i'm glad one. i'm glad we this agree is such a great song like the vocal like yes. this is probably one of his last rib roaring vocals that you really think like oh that, that probably hurts to record <laughs> yes this because this is kind of the thing that i've said before like so i feel like apart from plastic owner band there's not much kind of like you know like hard-hitting john lennon vocal deliveries but this is like one of the few exceptions i think that's why yeah. i dig it so much like it's it's just got a and it's got like a really oh it's just got like a really great kind such of such a funky guitar. riff right yeah, yeah. great like exactly. kind of up, it's a great up tempo up tempo rocker but like it's actually also, got some yeah. it's got some quite like dark lyrics to it as well it does um, it does like the whole yeah. thing about you know clearly wasn't appreciating you know his marriage with yoga at the time and now yeah. he's yeah, and that's the thing. And it was and this is another one where he tries. He wants to kind of incorporate disco and funk onto a track. Yeah, and that's what I mean. This is like this is like uh, apart from one other song. This is like this. Yeah, this is this song would probably be like my second favorite off the album. Yeah, um, oh, I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sucker for like, and I'm a big sucker for the drums on this as well. Like, it's not anything yeah. like that complicated. It's kind of just standard disco funk drum, but it just sounds awesome. Yeah, it's really good. And it takes like the energy, uh, like a little bit, uh, like everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. That's probably one of the first times yeah, that he sort yes. of like, gets into this sort of energy. And that's what I mean. I love that track. Like that was, that was the, the I gave that the stamp. I remember when we went through the yeah, second yeah. side of the white album. Like that's another, and again, I, I like, yeah, this, this, what you got really kind of, it kind of lifts the energy yeah. up from the album. Like it really kind of like, it does, like, it does. but in like a really yeah. cool way, like it blows yeah, your and mind. And you can do it. that, right? Like even like mm. a snippet, like Polythene Pam, which sort of like also has the acoustics going, like a lot of rhythm in the acoustics. Right? Yes. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. also happens here, but then with lots of layers on top of it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would, I would yeah. cite this as one of my favorite John Lennon songs, period. Yeah. Like, no, I, I agree. I, this gets a lot yeah. of spins and, uh, yeah. You know, again, one which is like really uh, also uh, like the demo is also, which is just him with the guitar. It's still really strong. It's really cool. Baby, 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 give me one more yeah, and uh, as I say, like you've got like an echo of Little Richards, rip it up on there yeah. as well. And, and one thing I just want to finally add is I really like the, like just the kind of almost like whimper, kind of like 
one at the start of the song. Yeah, yeah. It makes me laugh. <laughs> I remember learning, I remember like with my drum teacher, I, I this was a song that I wanted wanted to learn with him. So obviously I sent him the song and he, he as well found that kind of like one bit quite yeah, funny. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, a great track. Like uh, that's, you know, a, a, a highlight on the record for sure. Yeah. Well, and then uh, to me, like a great one-two punch because bless you. like all the like like a vibe totally the other way around uh as to what you got but just like a beautiful track and again something new where he does you know it's he, he sort of like goes with the times right he's a Beatle. Yeah. he's been making music for more than 10 years by this point in, in uh 74 right and uh but then he starts doing like this really soulful r&b stuff And uh, and it really works. His vocal is great on this, and it's sort of like he, he did like old R and B, like "Baby It's You" and everything. Yeah, like the covers exactly. in the early days. But this is like a self, like a great ballad, beautifully written, really great singing, great instrumentation. And there's even a version on "Men Love Avenue," which was released posthumously with a lot less production, which more like a raw mix, which they do now with the box sets as well. I can really recommend that too. I think this is great, but I don't think it's in the same way underrated as what you got. No, Because, no, no. no th yeah. This, uh, yeah, I really like this one. Again, it's kind of like a bit more, a little, I mean, I guess in comparison to anything to anything in comparison to what you got is a bit more mellow, I suppose. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But like, I kind of like as well, like there's some nice, there's nice, the in, like the instrumentation, I think it's used nicely on here. Like the, like the keys are quite, they're there, but they're subtle. And as well, yeah. like, it, I feel like as well, the horns as well, like they're, they're there, but they don't drown out the track. No. It's not something like Meat City where like it's drown out the vocals and it ruins the, like, yeah. like it's it, like, every, everything on, and everything kind of comes together really nicely. And I've got actually like a nice, uh, it's a kind of a, a nice insight into kind of what the song's about from what Lennon yeah. describes. So in a way it's about Yoko and I, and in a way it's about a lot of couples or all of us who go through that, whatever it's called, love, experience, you know, the way love changes, which is one of the surprises of life that we all find out that it doesn't exactly remain the same all the time. Although yeah. it's still love. It comes in mysterious forms. It wanders to perform and bless you expresses one side of it, which I think is what, the, like, when you kind of look more into what this, you know, but you kind of actually understand what the song's about through that explanation. Like, it gives you even more of an appreciation for it. Like there's yeah, a lot of depth to the songwriting. Yeah. I, yeah this is a really strong one. Yeah. Cool. No, a big recommend on this one like you know mm -hmm. even for now i think now it also holds up like if you would take just like a random person on the street play him this track i mean if like an r&b artist would cover it this today i mean this would hold up this would like really you could release it it's really i, I, nice. I agree yeah. yeah so we get so we actually yeah so the next track this is this is one of the few times where we get kind of a song title crossover because both not just john but Paul McCartney as well has released has done a song under the title of Scared. years later but yeah, did, yeah all the way in 2013 paul releases his version of scared um 
Yeah, I, I, the, the only criticism I really have of this song is I think the the wolf intro is really pointless. Yeah, like, it it's, it it's gimmicky, right? Yeah, I mean, it that, doesn't. It's a bit on the nose. It is. It but is. It, it doesn't yeah. add anything. But you know, apart from those few seconds where it just kicks off with like a wolf howl, yeah, I, 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 it doesn't like ruin it for me. I still like you know the guitar on it's really great, and like you know again the horns, like on the previous track, effective but aren't too powerful. Yeah, great, you know, sax solo as well, and it's again it's him kind of opening up and being confessional on his flaws like this is another really strong track for me at least like, like wolf yeah, intro the vocal yes. is really good yeah. yeah it's just like the outro like it runs about maybe a minute too long because it gets really messy in the outro and i'm like you know that we probably could have lost that it doesn't really add a lot to it but it does it's sort of like a callback to like his first album like plastic ono band like very open yeah. very pained yes. it might it's it's the production is a bit busy to my taste um, I think it's used pretty effectively. It doesn't drown yeah. anything out. It, there's a lot going on, but I can. I think it's it like kind it's of... sort of like where in on the first album he's like, okay, I'll give it to you naked, like just me and on a guitar and and a bass and drums, and that's it. Here he uses the same like messaging, same writing style, but then he just keeps on layering it, even yeah. as, as far as the, to put on the wolf as well, like you said. Which is sort of like I'm like sort of are you covering up the message? Are you like less secure in 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 writing writing these types of songs? I'm like it's just missing a little. I mean, it's a strong song still, a strong performance. Uh, it's just not totally there for me, but you know, I still like it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think I, I feel at least what I get from the wolf intro, it's supposed yeah. to like symbolize cause, you know wolves are, or like or a werewolf, I suppose, right? They're supposed yeah. to kind of symbolize scary but it's sure sure but it's yeah. not it's it's really kind of what's the word yeah it's really like on the nose just like a bit cli- cliche yeah. cliche yeah. yeah so but I, I really dig this song still like it's yeah and i this is kind of a theme throughout and it ends side a right it does it does um, yeah i think it ends it pretty strongly like it's you know it's not much to complain about with side one, really. I think. No, it's, no, I I'm, agree. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm having a good. I've had a good time spinning side one, and I'm flipping over side two, and side yeah. two kicks off oh. amazingly. Oh. Uh, the, like riff, this is... the riff on number nine, dream that kicks us off is. song like purely from a musical standpoint firstly is just it's beautiful amazing so beautiful yeah yeah, and yeah so it's basically i had a thought i had a thought before you go into it i'll just just to share today i was thinking about the album about you know talking with you about this and i was thinking okay so in the beatles we have i'm only sleeping and we have i'm so tired which is like continuing towards on this theme but that's always you know the waking up or the process of but here we go into what happens when he's asleep right well and as well like it wasn't john singing it but you've got good night as well which is getting ready to go to bed right ready to go exactly and this Mm. is the first time that we really enter the dream world with him and he takes a phrase which is totally made up which came to him in this dream and it's just sounds the like the chorus right (laughs) 
I thought that was so interesting. I'm like, oh, that's to me, that's what happened here, you know? Which yeah, is, uh, yeah, because yeah. well, it's interesting because you say, you know, Paul, Paul, a couple of times has got songs from Dreams, and yeah. you know, we've got Let It Be, and we got Yesterday from those, right? Yeah, and I like it, it's. I feel like the the song that we got from John about having a dream, it's yeah. a very John approach on it, and it's it's quality, like um. Yeah, so it's it where was so yeah, it was so it's based on a dream that he had. Yeah. Um and then there's a nice quote that he says it's called That's what I call craftsmanship writing, meaning, you know, I just churn that out. But I'm not just yeah. putting it down, it's just what it is. Because I just yeah. sat down and wrote it, you know, with no real inspiration, based on a dream I had. But then it's weird, there's another quote that he says that it completely contradicts it, and he just says, That was a bit of a throwaway, it was based on some dream I had. So like do you like it or not? Why, like, at first he's like, oh, it's craftsmanship. Like, it's really... Then he's like, oh, that's just... Like, which one is it, mate? Come on, well, John. Yeah, maybe he's... he's yeah, those are two separate quotes that I found about yeah. the song. It's not as if they were bizarre. No, but what's interesting to me is that Mei Pang actually said in an interview that this is one of his favorite tracks of yes, all time. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because it came to him in a dream and he woke up and he wrote down the words and the melody and... Yeah. Uh, so it's sort of like she contradicts him. And I think, you know, and anytime something gets really close, John refers to joking or, or just cynicism or sarcasm. Yeah. I mean, that's his defense mechanism, right? So yeah, that would explain him being like sort of like not really clear on on how he regards the song or, or actually putting it down even more. Um, that's true. So, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I choose to believe Mei Pang in this, uh, in this yeah. case. Yeah, and, and, well, and it's, it's, yeah. speaking of May Pang, like she's the the person that does the delivery of the the John she sections, yeah, like, yeah. and the, that's like a really effective part to say to have like a you know because because I feel like if you had just John kind of saying his own name, yeah, wouldn't necessarily have that same. And impact. it's very dreamlike, right? Yeah, like the, the way the way that she does that, it's amazing. Like, it, I like she's a kind of a, a big important factor of that song like yeah, kind of definitely. doing all the whispering and it's it's done yeah. really well it's done really tastefully because i feel like it you is, could easily it have it where like you have have someone kind of moaning I, I feel like if yoko had done that it would have been horrid yeah so i'm really <laughs> glad we've got may pang you can kind of deliver these like because yeah, it's not it's it's, it's 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 clearly very close to the mic but it's quiet yeah. so it yeah, gets like that quiet loud Whereas Yoko probably would have just done like some kind of horrid, like, Chian! like yeah, 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 screaming. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, she, I, I was driving mm. uh, 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 back. Uh, my, I was picking up my kid from school today, listening to this in preparation as well, just re-listening, re-listening. And this one came <laughs> on, and I told her, "I'm like, well, this is one of my favorites of John, you know, of of all his tracks." And then I said, "Oh, listen to this," because I knew this, the John was coming up, the whisper, and she's like. <gasps> His name is in the song, so it's even for kids. It's <laughs> yeah, like really yeah. cool. It's a really cool moment. Self-referential, right? isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly, but in a nice way. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love this song. And one other thing, which I'll, I'll drop in a, a snippet. So uh, John produced, like you noted in the intro, uh, Harry Nilsson's album Pussycats. Yes. And then uh, there's a, a cover on there of the song Many Rivers to Cross, which is uh, originally by Jimmy Cliff. And uh, the string arrangement he wrote for that song, he actually reuses this on number nine.
Oh, cool. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll juxtapose those, but he sort of like, he, he fell in love with his own string arrangement and reused it. And this is definitely the better version to me, but you know. Yeah, I, I feel like just overall as, as a song, like there's, with, when it comes to Number Nine Dream, like it's definitely one of the most like unique John Lennon songs and like yeah. there's nothing great that, lyrics there's nothing well. that there's nothing that quite sounds like it though no I it's, agree it's, it's, it's there's there's nothing there's no other John Lennon song where I'm like well it kind of sounds a bit like this or like or even the Beatles like it's it's yeah. it's it's its own thing and I think that's why I love it so much like it's maybe the dreamlike quality maybe Strawberry Fields you know they sort of like touch it bit. a little bit a little, a little bit, bit. I could, yeah, yeah I can see that maybe but I you know I, I even I think that's maybe a little bit of a stretch but <laughs> Yeah. but at the same time that's what time, I'm here like, for yeah 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 but, you know but no at the same time like this is like this is a beautiful song so like, do you do I, I understand now that you do prefer number nine dream to revolution nine in the end yes yes <laughs> okay surprisingly <laughs> okay. um but as I said yeah, this it was is, a close this, call right yeah, so, oh, you know. four, yeah 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 but um yeah it's the return of the number nine theme as well which is cool but um, All right. yeah, I, w- I was gonna say, yeah, great this is, way to open side yeah, B. Right? This is yeah. this is another song that um, this is a great example of a song that wasn't really didn't uh, from what I gather wasn't like didn't have much kind of fan following. Like you know, the people that knew it knew it, but kind of after the death of John Lennon, this is a song that like has skyrocketed in popularity, and now oh, it's it very well known. Yeah, um, I feel like maybe so. maybe beautiful. back in the day it would have been an underrated track, but now yeah. it's now it's not. It's one of no. the most known songs off this album, yeah, and deservedly so. I'm glad it's got more recognition because it's yeah, amazing. Right? Yeah, and if you haven't listened to it, do check out because it's one of the. It you know it's probably this gets a big fat stamp of approval just yeah. From the both it's, of it's, us, right? it's, it, I, mean, I would just, say it's my second favorite track off the album. So you know that's that's all you need to know. Like quality stuff. Um, so, we haven't um, hit on your number one yet. Oh no no we can't then. No. Can't, then. Oh just, then just, I'm just, I'm just, starting be, to get an idea then. Be yeah. patient, man. Right. Be patient. Okay, okay. I will, I will. Well, we'll surprise, surprise, sweet bird of paradox, which is about May Pang, if I'm correct. It's like the, it's, I think it's the only actual love song about her. About and, her, yeah. And John Lennon calls it just a piece of garbage. That's <laughs> bit, come on, man. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm not accepting May Pang slander on this. On, no, on, on, me neither. In, the, in this space, like she's from from all accounts, she seems pretty. She seems pretty really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah I, I, she seems pretty cool. Like she's, I know, I think she's written a book about her time with John. Like she seems calm. Like she seems cool. Like her and Cynthia, uh, they're they're pretty cool. They seem pretty cool people. So yeah. I'm not having May Pang slander, John. I'm not having it, mate. Nah. <laughs> I'm not having it. Um, well, this, jo- has, this yeah. has a great, again, the funk, the melody, you know, the horn arrangement, the singing, using his falsetto vocal in a correct, to me, a more attractive way you know, than in some other instances. Uh, yeah, this is a great all-around, you know, great, great John song, I think. Yeah, yeah I like it. Yeah, we've got Elton John on the vocals again, and apparently it took him three hours to kind of record his vocals because he struggled to match the phrasing of Lennon. Oh, I, I, this okay. is one of those ones where like, it's when I say it's one of the weaker ones off walls and bridges, I still like it. Like, yeah, I, I listen really to good. it. It's got like, yeah, it's, 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 it's like a cool listen. I just, I can't say I ever really go back to this song unless I'm listening to walls and bridges. 
No, no. It's but it's you like. Could, but you, I mean, you could slot this in if you make sort of like a seventies funky playlist. You could put this on for like great background music because it wouldn't be distracting no, in the way exactly. that like oh, I'm listening to a John Lennon song now, right? No, it's, Which it's, is, yeah, it's not yeah. bad. And you've got like we, we mentioned it before actually a few episodes ago when we got to move on the rubber soul period. But it's that whole uh, tweet, 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 and it's you, you caught it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The drive yeah, yeah, my yeah. car quote. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah, I don't know how I didn't. I it's think in it's the fade it's, out, but you know, I was like, this is one that you know the first time I heard it on the CD again, the Lennon collection CDs. I'm like, holy shit, look at what he's done here. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he does as well on Glass Onion, he quotes a lot of other songs. But this is like, I think, the first time in his solo stuff. Yeah, yeah it's 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 quite Pretty subtle cool. as well. Like It, you wouldn't, it is, yeah. Because it's not the same. It's not saying a direct quote. It's like a little, like, tease almost. So, yeah. Uh, again, there's, again, there's not much to say about this song, but it's... No, this one. is fine. This is fine. I think the next one is more interesting, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, Steel and Glass is a really cool one. I like. I had a lot of fun revisiting this one. I actually really like this one. Um, yeah, this. Yeah, right. Yeah. I found the kind of the some of the acoustic guitar in it actually it kind of reminds me of Working Class Hero a little bit. True. That's. I yeah. found that. Like it wasn't. It's not the, you know the direct said, but there's similar vibes there, and I was like, I like that. And it's got a really cool fade in with the acoustic guitar. Kind of reminds me of Working Class Hero a little bit, and I kind of forgot about that because I kind of more think about the you know the big production and like the strings and like everything. So I kind of forgot that. Oh, it's this nice kind of like almost working working class hero kind of I didn't catch that there. bit but now that I listen to it you're right about the acoustic guitar to me it, it's pr- uh, predominantly the lick which is very much how do you sleep this is like a how do you sleep rewrite right especially with the violins and everything yeah yeah and yeah, the, yeah. it's like this similar like, vibes for sure yeah, similar vibe similar similar beat and uh and and then also this is like a diss track towards Alan Klein because they finally fell out <laughs> after yeah. years of nonsense. Well, but uh, yeah. yeah, so if you if you go through the lyrics, you could uh, yeah. It's it yeah it's, it's interesting actually because so I mean because so John talks about kind of what and who the song is about right and there's two specific people he doesn't he says it's not about these people. Yeah. Um, so one of them is Paul McCartney, and one of them is Eartha Kitt. So I feel like definitely Alan Klein is one of the influences for this song because he says that it's not about one person, uh, but he said like a few people. So I've actually got the yeah, quote. Yeah, but his. the New York walk, New York talk yeah, bit. You know. exactly. It's definitely, as I said, he's he's you know he's definitely one of the factors to this song for sure. Um, there's probably some other people like subtly as well because he says what is it? He says uh, it actually isn't about one person in particular, but it has been about a few people and like a novel writer. And if I'm writing about something other than myself, I use other people I know or I've known as examples. If I write down a song, I would have to remember being down when I wrote Steel and Glass. I used various people and objects. If I had listed who they were, and uh, it would be a few people, and you'd be surprised. But if it, if, if it, but it really isn't about anybody. Yeah, I'd love yeah, yeah. to tell you this because it spoils the fun. I would sooner than anybody think, who's it about? 
try and piece it together for sure. It isn't about Paul and it isn't about Eartha Kitt. So Klein's definitely... It, it, it could be. He says on the intro, right? He's, he has a bit of spoken word. He said, this is a story about your friend and mine. And then he says, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? So he sort of like really... Start, he, he wants you to guess, right? He wants you to engage. Yeah, Klein's definitely one of the, the people. I'm sure there's... I think I feel like it's probably the majority, but there's maybe some other people... Yeah. subtly put in here and there but it's nice you know at this point in his in in kind of his career it's nice that he's actually was like yeah this isn't about paul like it's that's nice i never thought it was about paul but it's kind of nice for that to be confirmed because yeah there's always gonna be it's whenever like, it's like that whole thing of oh whenever john lennon's mad oh he's right about paul mccartney yeah it like, should be yeah it's, it's always like, it's, it's, it's like yeah. when um it's like when for example dave grohl from nirvana does a song like about being sad? Everyone's like, "Oh, it's about Kurt Cobain, isn't yeah, it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly. can, he's sad about other things. Like John yeah, Lennon yeah. is probably mad he's a at human other people. With other he has, there's other people on sad, John Lennon's yeah. mind than Paul McCartney. You know. True. True. So we follow yeah. up that track well, with uh, beef jerky. So, yeah, I feel like I've kind of given away what I kind of feel about this a little bit. Um, I will say it's got like a cool melody, but it's just it's just really repetitive and it just doesn't have enough kind of variation uh, to keep me interested. Like the intro and outro are like, you know, they're, they're, they're quite wacky in a good way, but I don't, I, I, just, I find this a bit of a chore. After the first few, like, first couple of minutes, I'm like, I've heard enough. Like I, I don't need to hear this same riff again. It doesn't really go anywhere. Like it's, I. Yeah. It's, well, you know, it's sort of like it. It plods along in the background. I think it's fine. It's a bit long. the The one fun fact about this one is uh, in the breakdown after the horns go, uh, he he has this descending guitar riff, which uh, you can actually note for note uh, put next to "Let Me Roll It." Now, there's this YouTube video I found in which they do this. And it's exactly the Let Me Roll It guitar riff, which by Paul. Nice. So it's nice. A, so that's a really cool fact. And that alone, to me, makes it sort of like an interesting palette cleanser before we get into you know which is one of the highlights of the album uh and and which closes out which is a a long five minute ballad so it's just that like beef jerky is three and a half minutes on its own you could like cut it down to two which would have been fine you would you would have had the paul mccartney guitar quote uh which is a nice little nod and uh then that would have been it you know it's yeah. just, it, it, yeah, it, it goes on too long for my taste. And I don't understand the beef jerky quote, which, which goes in there. It's just keep, keep it totally instrumental. You know, I don't know. I don't yeah, know what to say. Yeah. I'd say that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's just one of the songs. I, I said like the, 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 let me roll it. Not as nice, but yeah, it, it's, it's I not, really it's, like it, that, but it's yeah. not enough for me to be like, Oh, like, 
you know, now I want it on the like. I, I'm I'm okay with this just being chugged off the album. I just don't. Yeah, I don't care well, enough. I like, like the production is nice. The horn arrangement is nice, but you know, you I, we could stand to to drop this one from the album. Yeah, there's there's another there's another one on this album as well. You're like, why why is this on here? Like. We'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah. But it, for, it actually has a le- legally a good reason to be on there. But first, oh, yeah. oh, next up, nobody oh. loves you when you're down and out. I absolutely love this song. There this, you go. You know well, what? I'm, please I know tell this me more. This is yeah. not only my favorite song off this album, yeah. but I would say this is my favorite John Lennon solo track, period. Oh, wow. I love this one. This is like... I, 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 it's just it's 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 a real insight into like John Lennon's kind of pessimistic take on the world and like it's great vocal content and great vocal delivery and like great lyrics. And it it's very reminiscent of like plastic owner band and like imagine yeah um you know and it's like yeah and again like you get like i'll be mean, obviously what you got has the more kind of powerful yeah. vocal like i like oh that must hurt to deliver but like there's some great moments where like john really gives it his all and delivers an amazing vocal um yeah that's beautiful. really great i love this one like it's yeah. I, love I love the guitar the- solos in between as well really beautiful yeah very tasteful, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's taste. It's, it's actually inspired from a like a nineteen thirty two blues standard called uh, "Yeah, Nobody Knows You When You're Down and Out." And it's again the kind of the, the tale of that song is very interesting. It's it's exactly probably what John Lennon was feeling at the time. So it's like the tales of a fallen millionaire, kind of on the transient on the kind of the transient nature of relationships and material wealth. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's a good quote on it where he talks about this song. So he says. Uh, well, that's that says the whole story. I always imagined Sinatra singing that one. I don't know why. He could do a perfect job with it. You listening, Frank? You need a song that isn't a piece of nothing. Here's one for you. The horn arrangements, everything's made for you, but don't ask me to produce it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, and again, he mentioned that, and I, I reading that, I was like, yeah, I could definitely imagine Frank Sinatra. Like, that'd be his bread and butter. Like, I would love to hear. It. I would have. Yeah, it would have so, been great. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think this is just like this is a great song period. Like it's, this is like kind of like almost what, like if you were to show, if I was to show a person like one song from John Lennon's solo period, I'd probably go for this one, not just because of the, like it's, oh, it's my favorite John Lennon solo track, but like it's the lyrical content and like, like the whole kind of, you know, the, it's very much what John Lennon's all about. Yeah. Like Even the, nobody knows you when you're on cloud nine. So again, the nine, uh, returns. And he obviously, yeah. well, he obviously knew as well that, uh, in 1987, George Harrison would release an album called cloud nine as well. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was promotion yeah. for the yeah, album yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Like he, he knew, he knew that he knew that George was going to make his five year return after not, you know, make anything. It's, you know, he's helping his boy out. That's what he was doing, obviously. Yeah, and so on the outro he sings, yeah, every every nobody loves you when you're old and grey, etc. And he ends with everybody loves you when you're six feet in the ground. Yes, uh, this is what I mean. Like the lyrics are like you listen, like the whole, and again, like with the whole context of what we know about John Lennon now, yeah. it's true. Like true, he's got a yeah. lot of he's seen as like a legend in the music industry now. Yeah, yeah and true. I feel like maybe around this time he was 
I think this is a reflection of kind of maybe how he was portrayed a little bit in the media as well with him. Yeah. Do, I mean, doing stuff that was, you know, his own fault and like doing stupid shit and yeah. whatnot. Right. But like, it's the prophecy came true almost. It did. It did. It's I think, like, uh, I think yeah. there's just, there's a lot to unpack with like this song. I think it's, it's borderline like genius. And I don't necessarily talk about that a lot with like, with musicians and stuff, but like, this song is like. I, I, I would really love to hear because it, um, it, it's noted that he uh, recorded an acoustic demo of this uh, around October '73. Yeah, there's, a, there's, you can find it. I've heard it online actually. There's like an acoustic oh, yeah. demo oh, of this. Great. It's on YouTube. Um, yeah. it, that's really good as well. I'll scratch your back. And you scratch mine. I've been across to the other side I've shown you everything I got nothing to hide Yeah, um, it's definitely Still worth a listen to. I've, I remember coming across Good, that. because that's what comes through to me for me as well. Like, this is such a strong sound. Uh, you know, the production, but, but the song is really strong, so it should work just bare bones as well. Yes, it's very much like what we talked about Strawberry Fields. Like, yeah. you hear the stripped back version. It yeah. does, this is still amazing. Like, it's yeah, it's a it's a song that kind of transcend that tr transcends production. Yeah, in any kind of like any way it's produced, it's hard to go wrong with it. Like, it's a cool. This is like just a. This is like one of my all time like favorite songs. I never get bored of it. I've listened to this song probably so many times. And, great choice, oh, great choice. Yeah, I wouldn't I'm, have figured, but now that you know, you've you, I've, I've gotten to know more and more about like your personal tastes and 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 you know what, what moves you within these songs and, and these tracks. I think this is a great, great fit. Uh, you know, lovely, really, really great way to sort of like almost close out the album. But you know, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah is close, and I feel like you know what? Maybe a lot of my dislike for this like one minute pointless cover is because like like John, you should have just let the people leave the album really upset. This would have been such a good album closer. This, this like the whole production as well of the track it would right? have been, it's designed yeah. to be an album closer. Is it not? Yeah. But then you've got this, like this one minute cover of like an old rock and roll song that we hear on the album after this again as well, for league because of the legal problems. Well, this uh, is the, the connection to come together, right? Because he was forced in the lawsuit to record well the the, the result of the lawsuit for uh, ripping off chuck berry and come together was that he had to record uh, at least uh, three covers uh from the label which owned like the, the the catalog so uh and because the rock and roll album was shelved which he recorded prior to this one uh he put this one on uh on uh, as a sort of like show of good faith on, on the end of this album and his son uh is playing drums on it julian. yeah what's interesting as well no, so he's i mean, okay. well, I mean i'm not going to give julian lennon shit for his drumming on it because he's 10 years <laughs> old <laughs> That's but right, yeah. the thing is the funny thing as well is that like like so john used that as the take and julian was like Oh, was that the take? Like, I, 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 that wasn't even like. I would have done better. Yeah, and he was like ten. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, it's yeah, yeah. if even a ten-year-old is like, oh, I could have done that better. Yeah, like that says it all you need to be. Like, it's yeah, this it's just pointless, really. It's it's like was it a nineteen sixty-one hit by Lee Dorsey? Yeah, 
Well, like, it has a beat. The Beatles played it live many times. Yeah, yeah. So, you said, know, well, it, it has a connection. And it's no, sort of like, uh, probably they always used a lot of humor, the Beatles, and they always sort of like lightened the mood at the end. Even going back to like Her Majesty being tacked onto Abbey Road or, you know, sort of like the gruesome My Mommy's Dead at the end of Plastic Ono Band. I mean, it is a sort of like a recurring theme, right? So, um, and even Paul does it as well, always putting in some instrumentals or some shit at the end of his albums. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, it might have just been the running theme, and uh, I think we'll just have to learn to accept it. But yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm going to say we'll talk more about Yaya because it returns on the album after this. But yeah, Walls and Bridges, man, what an album! Ah, amazing amazing so uh, if if you need to rank the two is, is it going to be walls and bridges for you or mind games uh walls and bridges is better than mine yeah games. definitely right? mind games yeah, is like i agree it's solid but like walls and bridges i mean i think we'll both agree on this like it's the most underrated john and album yeah and definitely definitely it's such even just like listening pleasure i'd sometimes i prefer it over imagine uh sometimes you know because it's just i know that album so that. well and uh you know it, it it does have you know many highlights but it's also very particular and this is just a great i mean the replay value is really high if you know what i mean i'm not saying it it contains better songs than imagine obviously not but i th- i really think the replay value here and the way it's coherent and it holds together and cohesive in sound i think he was really onto something and just before we dive into the like the salvaged rock and roll sessions which were like well phil specter comes back into the mix as a producer i think this is where the 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 evolution of john as a producer from mind games to walls and bridges also producing pussycats working with bowie bowie um you know it was always i mean i'm all for taking care of your family and he, he went uh you know off the grid for five years to take care of his son but you know he was really onto something with his sound and uh it's almost a shame that we didn't get more of that yeah. I agree. I think I'll uh, just go back onto like walls and bridges. Um, yeah, like you know, as and again, as someone who is, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, as I said, I you know, it was kind of my idea to kind of highlight the underrated stuff in the catalog, right? Yeah, I'm always yeah. someone that loves to talk about things that are underrated or things that just deserve more respect and appreciation. Yeah. So like I can see what I can definitely see what you mean about like sometimes referring this to imagine because like when it comes to stuff that's underrated, like I'll quite often gravitate towards that and like, you know, be like, Oh, I want to listen to that. So I can see, I can definitely see that. Like just because it's walls and bridges isn't as appreciated as something like imagine you have a bit more of a soft spot for it. It's kind of like your yeah. thing. Yeah. And it, exactly. You're like, you're like exactly. this deserves more. And I like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with it. It's, you yeah. know, yeah. objectively me, of course i rate the other albums higher but you know this is this is like a little bit of a personal favorite you know yeah like i prefer yeah again i i prefer plasco no abandoned imagine to this album but like this album it, i think it's incredibly underrated and it's it's you know, I'd, I'd say it's the third best john Lennon album. but i know double fantasy gets a lot of, a lot of love and praise and the john stuff is good on it but i, I would rather listen to walls and bridges than double fantasy yeah yeah no i i i definitely agree i definitely agree well to wrap this up, let's uh, breeze on through rock and roll. Yeah, uh, with rock and roll, there's not actually a lot to say about. I've got I've got a couple of anecdotes here and there, but there's not a lot to say about a lot of these songs. It's more kind of, kind of just going to be our opinions on these covers, right? So yeah, it was released on the 17th of February, 1975. So the recording is October 73, which we previously mentioned, and then October 21st, 25th on in 1974. So you know the. The sessions are pretty rushed. Um, yeah. 
as you can tell from the dates. And then John Lennon and Phil Spector are credited as the produce as the producers. Yeah. Uh, so then you've got the A and M uh, studio in Hollywood. Uh, actually, no, sorry, uh, yeah, A and M in Hollywood, and then Record Plant East in New York City is the other uh, the two studios that are yeah uh, so those were there. like the re- recordings after walls and bridges where he sort of like wanted to finish up the album after receiving the master tapes back yeah yeah so yeah let's just go straight into the uh, well just yeah first. one, one well, thing before we some... get into it because it. we mentioned earlier that like uh, every every session musician of note wanted to participate in these sessions and of course, so it's John Lennon. We have Jesse Ed Davis on guitar, who, who has also played on the previous couple of albums. But then some notable names: Jose Feliciano actually plays acoustic guitars somewhere on here, which is notable to me. Klaus Vorman is on there, uh, and he actually has a uh, vocal on "Bring It On Home to Me." So I was listening to this, and I was wondering who's the answer vocal and the call and response. And now, I, in the research, I found out it's Klaus Vorman. Oh, nice. Which nice. is notable. No, I, like uh, that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. We get Leon Russell on here on keyboards, who's a notable name. If you, if, if you're, yeah, if you're into some music, the er, earlier noted Ken Asher. Jim Keltner is a very famous session drummer, right? Oh, yeah. And then Bobby Keys in, on the horns is very famous, works with the Stones, Lynyrd Skynyrd, uh, Harry Nilsson, etc. So <laughs> it's like a murderer's row of, of session musician talent. Yeah, with, uh, with with Jim Keltner, he's he's someone that that the will come up actually um, later on in in some future ep- in some future episodes. Mainly, I think sort of uh, George Ringo mainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said you know he did did a bit of John stuff here and there, but Jim Keltner is a name that we'll come back to. I, I, he's someone that I think deserves a lot more praise than the. You know, I think so too. I think so too. And it, one other, one other, other. Sorry, here we go again. One other thing on the technical side is that uh, so this again is all produced and arranged by John Lennon, with some exceptions from from the old recordings from '73, which are four on uh, on this album, four of the uh, thirteen songs, which is "You Can't Catch Me," "Sweet, Sweet Little Sixteen." Boney Maroney and Just Because, the, the the album closer. So those are the ones which are produced by Phil Spector, but the rest is all um, Lennon production. Yeah, okay. Cool, yeah, it's nice to kind of know actually which ones are like, which ones are John Lennon ones, which ones are Phil Spector. That's that's good to know. Um, yeah, because you can yeah. hear a difference in the sound. I think it's no, interesting. It's, yeah, I, so I shall we run through them? I mean, it's all rock and roll standards, all stuff from, uh, you know, yeah, Beatles, so, yeah. and influences. I mean, we'll, yeah, so we'll kick, we'll kick off with um, Bebop Alula. I like this one. It's it's like a fun way to kick off the album. You got like the the, the delivery's nice. There's like the first sax solo is quite nice, and this is one that they would cover with the Quarrymen quite a lot. And Paul saw them play this live when they were the Quarrymen. And it's like an early Beatles number as well. Uh, like uh, this is a fun. This is definitely one of my one of the covers that I prefer on this album. I think it's a nice way to kick off the album. And I like the song, like just the song in general, like the original version. Like this is a this is a rock and roll kind of song that I personally yeah. quite like so and the john john Lennon is a solid version of it like it's a pretty heavy version but it's also it, it does stick close to the original looking at the arrangement right 
so uh, yeah, I think I think this is a, a great album uh, opener, and uh, I think I sort of had to get used to it being so familiar with the Paul version on uh, uh, MTV Unplugged. Oh, but, uh, that's interesting because yeah, for me that's the other way around. Like, oh yeah, I'm more so used to I, John I really needed version. to get into this, but uh, now that I've listened to this album more, because I've I've listened to this album, but never really re-listened to it a lot uh, in, in years past. But, uh, you know, I think it was, all in all, I think this album surprised me. And, uh, yeah, starting with the opener, it's a great great way to start off. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some other criticisms uh, criticisms later on, but uh, I think this is a great start. Yeah, and then, then we go, yeah. So then, then we, we go get into, the hit, right? Yeah, yeah, this is the the big hit off the album, yeah, man. Stand By Me, which is in itself a very well-known song. Like, the original is an absolute banger. I really like this John Lennon version of it. Yeah, I, you know, I remember. I think I've shown this version to people before, and people didn't quite like it, or whatever. Well, I it's guess a lot to, of screaming, right? So it's sort uh, of like it's really yeah, intense. Yeah. yeah, I guess you know, as as a fan of Lennon screaming on tracks, you know, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe it just speaks to me, right? But, yeah, um, I, I, uh, yeah, it's pretty logical that this floats your boat. But right. I, you know what? Like, <laughs> I, I, I like Lennon's take on it because it's kind of a more rocking vibe of a song like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is like a, a top twenty hit in the US. This is another one where like it's, it, it, you know, it, it charted by John Lennon standards pretty decently. But like again, now it's got more of a following. Again, in the UK, this wasn't like a big hit, but like it's pretty somewhat well known. I like this one. I, I would say this is my favorite sort like track off the album. Yeah, I, I think right. That. Yeah, I, like I think it. rightfully so. I think the rest is more like sort of like underrated, but uh Yeah, yeah. But like yeah, just overall, like, I enjoy this one the most. Like this is the song that I'd probably go back to the most of all the songs. I can imagine. Yeah, and, and I think it's a, you have to take it into account looking at his whole discography as a highlight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um I so yeah, then the next one's kind of like a it's a combination of two songs. Really short, a minute and a half. Yeah, so we got uh, yeah, we got rip it up and uh, ready Teddy. I, again, like I've, you know what, especially on, on side one. Yeah, I'm digging a lot of these covers on side one. Yeah, for the most part, like side one, I'm like I'm having a good time on side one, and like this continues the straight really nicely. It's a great rocker. I love the energy, and I feel like it, you know, especially in comparison in comparison to some of the other tracks on this album, I yeah. feel like John's actually giving it his all on this. Like great vocals, is, yeah, yeah, funky horns, yeah, toe tapper. Like it's yeah. I, this this is for me not really my cup of tea. But uh, I, I understand where you're coming from, and uh, it's just that you know you, you could you could lose this one. Like it, all in all, I think the album is too long. I mean, we'll get into that uh, a, a bit later on. But you know, if I if I'd slash something left and right, this would be one of them. I think this I, I, I do, but I do respect the performance, the uh, you know the the energy, as you note. I think I, I think it's it's totally fine. It's just not personally my cup of tea, but uh, it, it's over pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I, I do what it, I think as well because like 
yeah, I, I think because it's so short and it like packs a punch, like I'd happily have this on the album. It doesn't take up much time. There are some yeah, other songs no, on this. Fine. There are some other yeah. songs on this album that are too long and like this. You got so that which is a minute. I'm like, this is like this is kind of more what I want from a rock and roll covers album. Like, yeah, because rock and roll in itself, a lot of the songs are just quite short. You don't yeah, want yeah, like these yeah. four minute tracks. Like you want, you know, yeah. maybe one or two minutes, quick in and out, done. Maybe three minutes if it's the right song, right? So that's why I like this one. Like it's it's it it it, it does what it needs to do. Does it? It's fun. Uh, I I just I get really into it when I listen to it. Like it, it's is a really good one. Yeah, that's nice. No, you know, to me, it's sort of like uh, and and like the 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 uh, the melody, the interlude with the horns and everything. It's sort of. I don't know, there's something about it, but maybe I just need some more time to appreciate it. That happens. I mean, I don't return to this album often, so yeah, I no, feel especially just with the, especially just like with the rip it up, yeah, bit especially really like that. It's just that kind of like it's Saturday night, and I just, he uses the double tracking again, which is really like retro in that period. It, that's fun. I feel like I feel like especially the rip it up section. It's kind of just like it's just kind of a mood, like when you when you're wanting to go out on a night out, like it's that kind of like it's Saturday night, and I just get like it's just it's a good kind of like you know. Well, then like next it. up is You Can't Catch Me. This is a long song. Is this one of the ones you're referring to? Uh... I, I I do like the song, like as in it's got some cool stuff to it, but it just drags. Oh yeah, like well, I, this, I could, this is to me what I really like about the album. I really like the like the build up here. Yeah, I like it's, the, sort of like the groove it get in it gets into. Of course, you know the links who come together when he goes into the here come on flat top bit. You know halfway through, it's really like a moment. You know, so uh, yeah, and it's but, funny because mm-hmm. this is from the the original sessions and. Uh, yeah, but I really, I really got into this one. This is where, to me, I was sort of like, okay, this Bebopalula is nice. Stand by me, I know. Rip it up, it's fine. But then here is where the album really took off to me. No, yeah. uh, you know what? I like, I, I do like this one. As I said, it's maybe a little too long, but like, this is still, yeah. this, this is still one of the better tracks off the album. Like again, I like the beat, the beat switch yeah. as well with the, the drums, right? When like it goes into sort well. of like uh, mm-hmm. halftime. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, 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 again, I'm still like listening to this album. Like, when you're going through it, like, I'm still, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still like, again, I'm like, this may be a bit too long, but I'm still enjoying. It's got a lot to like about it. Yeah. Still, still, this is going. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. This is still going in the right direction. Like, it's got an yeah. oomph to it, and I, I like that. So then, the next one after that, we've got is, uh, uh, ain't that a shame? Great uh, piano intro, right? I mean, obviously, the Fats Domino version is like the OG version. This is the classic yeah. one. The Fats Domino version is like the, you know, the best version of this song, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. But you know what? I think this version's better than Paul's. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'd have to contrast and compare. I can't because uh, Paul's yeah. version on the the Russian album. It's, oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's he does like Paul does these really weird like moans and groans, and it's yeah, yeah. His vocal delivery on that song's really off. 
Whereas like John doesn't do that. He, it, it's you know I, I like this one as well. John's really is, powerful on this one. Really yeah, powerful. And it's, um, yeah, and it's apparently as well. It's the first rock and roll song that he learned from his mum. So that's a nice little kind of song that he's added on that. Um, yeah. yeah, this one checks out. This one is nice. Yeah, yeah. it passes the vibe test again. I'm still enjoy- I'm still having a good time. Yeah, um, same here. I'm, I'm, I'm there point. with you. I'm there with you. I'm still yeah, we're, we're opening it. the second beer now. We're, we're yeah, you know, a exactly. couple of tracks in. Yeah, I'm having a good time. I'm having a yeah. good time. Um, well yes. then, yeah, do, do you, you want to dance? Right. I not, like this one. I like this one. That's it's right. sort of like the reggae vibe. I like it. I, you know, it's it's. I energy. suppose. I think yeah. just the, the main thing I have problem I have with it just it's it's like I said with you know what I said about like kind of like tight as right. Yeah. It, that captures like the rock and roll. Uh, like when you go into this album, you're expecting like oh, some rock and roll covers, right? And it's just like I'm not. I wasn't expect. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't order. Excuse me, sir. I didn't order reggae with my rock and roll album. <laughs> It's just strange. It comes out of left field. It's not terrible, but I'm like, this isn't what I ordered. I like it, man. I like the do ya, do ya with the backing vocals. It's I like, like this uh, one. It's, I like right, this one. It's, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's it's not also like for a song that's called Do You Want to Dance? Yeah. It doesn't really make me want to dance very much. Well, yeah, it depends. You know, I'm a bit, a bit older. Ar- this is, I, this might be my dancing speed. Maybe that's the thing. You oh, know, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I mean, apparently. Wait, <laughs> wait till you're pushing forty. You'll be, you'll be like, okay, this is fast. Mate, I'm, all I'm saying is, I'm, I'd, I'd much rather dance to "Rip It Up," "Ready Teddy" than this one. Yeah, see, that's where I, I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, this is. Uh, I'll, I'll break a hip if I try dancing to this. Well, yeah. yeah, but no, I mean, I mean, kind of the what the, the song itself, like in terms of like, you know, is interesting. Interesting, like the original versions by a guy called Bobby Freeman, and that was released when he was like seventeen years old, which is that's you know pretty impressive. Apparently, Cliff Richard has like a like a version that's better known in the UK. Although Cliff Richard, I feel like it's one of those guys like in the UK, like everyone my age kind of knows who he is, yeah, but we don't actually know any songs by him. No, no. And he used to live around my neck of the woods as well. He used to live in Weybridge. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and he once crashed into my uh, sister's buggy by accident on the high street. Uh, he did. He did. Jeez. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Beach Boys also had a hit with this version, but I don't know. As I said, I, I didn't. Order, I like this I, one. I'm I, still I, up in the air. I think uh, I'm going to wait with the the banger because we have to give one out right till the uh, all the way to the end and yeah, then sort yeah, of like yeah, recap. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, we're not we're fair, we're not that far off it. So you know. No, no, no. All right. Well, uh, we're still on side A, right? Let's see. Uh, good question. Sweet little I, I, sixteen. Yes, yeah, that that's the last one, which is again a Spectre track. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, like the cool, the the horn arrangement's pretty cool, but like it just doesn't go anywhere, and it's quite messy. I found it I'm is. Just, yeah, um, I, I I know the quar- like the Quarrymen and the Beatles perform this, but like again, I was enjoying most of side one, and I was having an okay. This is time probably with- a minute too long. 
yeah, I, I, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I was having an okay time with Do You Want to Dance? It was a bit of a dip, but I'm like, I'm not, you know, but this, I'm like, oh, okay, like, yeah. This, no, is this like, drags. This really does. drags. Yeah, because we're up to 20 minutes now. Yeah, it's a long track. Yeah. So then we 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 flip it over and we get into uh, slipping in a slide in. So from side one, like overall, uh, you know, like the last couple of tracks are not as keen, especially not the last track. But like, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good with uh, yeah. with side one, and we yeah. come into side two. And you know, what I will say, slipping and sliding there, this kicks off the second side actually really nicely. It I does. Really, it does. I really like I this one. I'm, I'm giving energetic. this one the uh, yeah. the underrated stamp. You are gonna yeah, gonna give yeah. it to this one. This okay. is a real yeah. this is a real shoe shuffler. Um, <laughs> it's a really good one. Like I really like this one. It's got, it's, it, you know, it got a bit of funky vibes on it, but I'm okay with yeah. it. I don't mind a bit of funk with my rock and roll album. Yeah, you know, the it's vocal not, delivery is really nice as well. Yeah, right. actually, and I, I put, a, I found a quote. This is one of the few tracks I actually found a quote on, and I, you know, what I purely did this. Uh, well, te- well, just for you, but also for our Dutch listeners as well, because I like the story that John told here. There's a yeah, nice yeah. link here, but oh yeah, yeah. So. Uh, he's like the first time I heard this little Richard track a friend of mine imported it from Holland came out in Europe first slipping and sliding was the b-side of Long Tall Sally which was the first little Richard song I ever heard it was also recorded by Buddy Holly so that covers a little bit of both uh, it was a song I knew and it was easier to do than songs I knew trying to learn from scratch even if I was interested in the songs both this and Stand By Me uh, yeah sorry yeah and then both this and Stand By Me appeared on like a BBC live performance called the old gray whistle test but yeah, yeah. the slip and slide is one of my favorites off this album i'll be honest ah, i like. think it's really nice i think it's a great choice and uh i think it's very representative of the album as well yes you get what is. i mean right again it's sort like, of like you the know, best of a little bit of the best of all the things yeah that's what i mean i ordered my rock and roll album here you go sir slip in the slide in i have a I have a little bite exactly like, what you're looking for it's exactly yeah. what i ordered i didn't order reggae with my with my rock and roll oh, album. stop now i'm i'm go- okay well now you've gone so far because now this is going to get my underrated banger like do you want to dance that's the one it's different. Well, it you know, another, I mean, unless there's another one coming up. I mean, if you want to give it, go for it, man. No, but I'm going to give it now because I need to stand up for this track. I mean, I like it. Me. You don't you want to spite me. Fair enough. No, Fair enough. I mean, I respect just get it. A, you, you, you were pushing a little bit too hard, so I have to push back a bit. Fine, you know? fine. So, go for it, man. I'm, I mean, uh, every, everything else just sounds the same, so I'm just going to pick something which is on this album a little bit original, you know? So. I guess, <laughs> but it's just not what I ordered. <laughs> it's not what I ordered. All right. Man. Okay. Well, uh, onwards and forwards. Peggy Sue, right? Peggy Sue, um, you know, as I said, had a good time with slipping the slide and kicking off side two, but um, you know, getting to Peggy Sue, I'm like. Again, and I like the original version of this song. I like yeah. some Body Holly. Yeah. He's got some good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, but like, what is it, it then? The arrangement? It's it sounds well, samey. It sounds yeah. like almost identical to the original. Yeah. Um, but, but also like the drums. 
they're like they they're too loud. They drown they're out. Too loud, like, yeah. They drown out most of the rest of the tracks. You're, major- you're mainly just getting. I would assume it's a floor tom. It sounds like it anyway. And it just it dominates so much of the track. I don't it's like the guitar sound it's either. It's about really a, distracting. A, halfway yeah. in, you get the sort of like a guitar break lick, which is like a really weird. You know, he keeps it pretty much in style, but then this is sort of like a pretty seventies guitar coming over it all of a sudden. Don't like that either. It's it's a bit of a mess, this one. And yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, it John, feels much longer than two minutes, right? Which isn't a good sign. I, t- yeah. I tell you what, John, Buddy Holly would not have been proud of this. Just saying, <laughs> oh, mate. Just saying, mate. It sucks, man. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe not sucks. It's just not That's very harsh. good. It's not very good. You're it's right. Just, yeah, yeah, you know, harsh not, but fair. It's yeah. not very good. Like, you know, just just chill out, All right? Mate. But uh, so uh, yeah, next track after that, it's, again, there's another one where it's like two songs. You got Bring It On Home. Uh, with the Klaus Vormann send, vocal. Yep, yeah. send me some loving. Um, the back gives it some bonus points, but it's all right. Again, I, I don't, I don't really have a. It sounds pretty, pretty like B side. And there's something about the quality. It sounds a bit off. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't really have a strong opinion on it either way. Like I'm just kind of like, I forgot. You know, going in. This is the one. It's like you said with um, you are here. Like when I saw this on the track list for rock and roll, I was like, what's which? What's this song? Like, yeah. And then I'm listening. I'm like, oh no wonder I forgot it because it's just totally unmemorable. Like I, I didn't have a feeling of it. Like in any way, shape, or form, I was like, it's just there. Yeah. It, yeah. it's not. It's, it's just really forgettable. Which for a song on an album, that's, that's kind of maybe the worst crime. Because at least if something's really bad, you'll remember it. Because it's just, just forgettable. Like, and it doesn't have. It's just nothing to it. I no, agreed. And I think also that "Bring It On Home to Me," like the Sam Cooke original, is such a strong song. I mean, you shouldn't have messed with that one. I mean, or, or you have to bring your A game, like "Stand By Me." So yes, that, that exactly. can live together with the original, but it, it doesn't obviously here. So, you know, that's a shame. Then Boney Maroney. Now, this is my old foe, Larry Williams. Well, I was about to say, I was going to say, because I was listening, when I was listening to this song, I was like, I was, I was listening to, I was like, the lyrics on this fucking suck. Who wrote oh, this? So I looked up and I was like, oh, it's bloody. It's Mr. I, Dizzy Miss Lizzy, Mr. Just, Mr. Uh, with, oh. with my, the most horrible Beatle covers, like my my least favorite Beatle tracks are written by. Marnix <laughs> Westling's uh, arch by, enemy, Larry this Williams. This my arch enemy, Larry Williams right there, man. I mean. I can't say I'm a big fan. I mean, he, as again, I, I'm uh, I'm not a bit, as I said, Dizzy Miss Lizzy, I think is the worst of his you know, worst of the bunch. So I, I can't say I'm a big fan of me. And like th- oh, this song is oh, the guitar is, sound is horrid as well. The guitar bad. sound is, is this is bad. It's, it's gross. Oh, it's it's <laughs> oh my god. It's like and this is nearly four minutes, right? Oh god. And it's definitely like, people are walking away from the party now. They're just leaving without saying goodbye. They're gone. Like you know what? And as well, it's one of those ones where it's like 
I mean, I know I said, oh, I didn't order, my, I didn't order reggae with whatever, right? But I'd, you know, bring, I want my reggae back. Like, this, I don't know what this is. I mean, is it rock and roll? If it is, it's undercooked. My rock it's, and roll oh, is undercooked. Yeah, no. This, this is. I think this might even be. It's, it's two songs where I'm like, is this the worst song on the album? It's one yeah. of these two. It sucks, yeah. and the lyrics, like, again, it's not even Lennon's fault. Yeah. Larry Williams just wrote some of the worst. Oh, like, and even by the, oh, it's horrid. I. This song sucks. Yeah, it really does. See, then we get yeah, then we get Yaya, ya, which is the uh, the kind of the more the more realized version, I suppose. It's like really goofy, and I don't really think it in an endearing way. And it's actually quite yeah. a bit obnoxious. Like, uh, and again, like the production is the the beat, like the arrangement they choose for this. It's really annoying. It's really annoying. Like, and also, like, I don't like it. Also, like what? Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't like the production. And I listen to the lyrics. And I'm like, what the fuck is this song about? Yeah. Like again, this sucks as well. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm having I'm having a bad time after like. Yeah. <laughs> like oh just again after slipping and sliding i'm just not having yeah. a good time here like i'm just uh, that's what i mean like that's oh, so nothing and it drags and it it's it, it goes on for ages and it's only two minutes i'm really missing do you want to dance right now like, i feel <laughs> yeah. bad for standing up because i'm like you I'm, see yeah yeah, no, yeah that's very, what I mean. it's again it's, it it's bites not, you on the ass <laughs> it does i mean it's just if yeah and then uh, yeah so the, oh yeah we're into the final track now so this yeah so we got are john lennon yeah doing just because This is apparently so. This is a song that um, so Phil Spector wanted, basically talked him into doing it. Yeah. So that leads to the jokey intro of ways like, oh, I remember when this song came out. It must have, and he, you know, he missed eleven, his, fourteen, twenty-two, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And before I knew that, I always thought the kind of the the kind of the talking at the start. It kind of reminds you of like when you're at a family gathering and you're talking to like your drunk relative and they're, ex- they're explaining to you a song in the back and they're like, Oh, I was yeah. 14 or it just comes across like drunk, drunk gibberish. He, he was probably drunk. Yeah. Recording he probably it. was. And it sounds like a bad wedding song. You know, this is like something like on a, a Greek wedding with the production as well. You know, it's sort of like, it's really annoying. It goes on for four and a half minutes. It has the outro as well again with the jokes uh, this is like the whole like side b is pretty much beyond redemption like save one or two tracks i you know what and i feel like as well i feel but the thing is with this song i feel like it but the i mean first the mic quality on the vocals are ah, terrible i yeah. think i terrible, think what, what it sounds like to me is that john lennon is right next to the mic yeah right but not just that but he's shouting into the mic whilst being right next to it but yeah. I feel again, maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like if he'd actually, you know, if he was maybe stood a bit further away back, we've actually might have got a pretty decent vocal delivery here. 
Not yeah. saying anything amazing, but like something that was. But then also the production possible. is just you know, yeah. and this is one of the Spectre tracks as well. So you know, the Boni Maroni, just because those are both low lights. You know, I think the only thing for Spectre is like the "You Can't Catch Me" is really is really great. Um, Sweet little sixteen is okay, but that's it. You know, so actually this ends on a downer. This is not good. Yeah, side side B is. This is a shame. This side is really B is a, a shame. side B is a piece. Is is aside from slipping the slide and you're like, what is what 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 is this? Like, I don't. I've it I've always had strong, but it's yeah. yeah. I've I've always had like kind of a strange relationship with this album. Like, I, I there are times where actually I'm I kind of can vibe with it, and even some of the stuff on side two. I'm I like, agree. It's it's a re- it is a decent album altogether, but if you get critical with it, you see what happens now, right? Yeah, and and yeah, and it's one of those things. So overall, in the, in the again in the kind of the solo Beatles context, we've got yeah. a John Lennon rock and roll covers album. Yeah, you know, and there's a couple of well, like three Paul McCartney kind of cover albums. Ringo's got a couple, yeah. and you know what? I feel like this is probably the second worst of all those kind of cover related albums. There's only one album of those ones. And I'm not going to give away which one, but I feel like there's one that's worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, again, I feel like like the majority of the other kind of cover albums are better than this. I think so too, but still, I think even with all the mistakes and messes and, and shit, which is on here, it is, it is nice to sort of like have John there and, and to sort of like, go on this journey through old music with him no even it's, though it's it's, yeah. it's very much imperfect i still think it has a certain amount of character if you know what i mean i agree like it's again if, if, i feel like especially as we got towards side two yeah. it seems like we despise this album it's it's just a it, it's a mixed bag it's not you can vibe with it you said it earlier really you well you you can vibe with it and i did actually vibe with it a couple of times the last couple of weeks preparing for this pod so you know it's not a like i, I won't like say you're like never listen to this it's just like really make sure you're in the right mindset right? yeah if you, if you want some if you want some rock and roll and maybe not always like yeah the, the best rock and roll but like yeah side one as well like side one you listen to side one there's a couple of dips in side one but overall you have a good time with side one you do you, know, you, you do you got yeah. slipping and sliding like on side two which is like yeah. actually i think a, a pretty strong track overall like I, the majority of tracks are mostly pretty good but like yeah it's just a bit rough in patches like it's it is a bit of a mixed bag it's it's a shame that we kind of had to end this era with that, like a bit of a, a dip yeah. but um yeah i mean actually t- well technically we have one more track yeah uh which is from the rock and roll period so it's not you know we don't have to jump back too far yeah that's the b-side to stand by me which is a, a, a rock and roll cover i believe uh move over miss l This, I would have rather had this on the album than so many of the other tracks, especially yeah, side two. Definitely, definitely. I was really surprised by the quality. I think it's uh, he, he and 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 I was I, I was like, did he chicken out? Because you know, in the chorus, it's very it's like move over, Miss L. You know, uh, Yoko's gone. You know, uh, left him. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm like maybe he's sort of like you know, I wish you well. So it was definitely sort of like a kiss off. 
and maybe he sort of needed to get that on on record somewhere but he didn't dare put it on the album proper because you know the rest on mind games and walls and bridges is pretty apologetic and pretty you know trying to get uh, reconciliate with her and everything but yeah that was, so that was something that came into mind i'm like mm, maybe you know I like that. I like the insight. Actually, I can't say I thought of that. And yeah, although having said that, though, it's like a, it makes me want to go out and on some point and uh, try and buy the sort of uh, seven inch single with yeah. "Stand by Me" and move because that's a decent little. It is. It is. That's a great combination. Yeah, I, mean, I like his vocal yeah. delivery on the song. It 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 could fit in really well. I'm 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 all with you on that one. Yeah. And I, I, imagine I, if yeah. you bought the "Stand by Me" single and you had fucking. Boney Marone is the piece. Oh, yeah, yeah, on the other side. <laughs> I'd rather have Yaya than like Boney Marone to be shower. Yeah. Well, and another thing I'd like to note, and we'll get into that with uh, Men Love Avenue, the uh, posthumous release, but there are like three or like three and a half tracks which have, and the reissue in 2004, the remix, which again I recommend because, you know, they take they strip out a lot of the echo. His vocals come through really loud and clear, which is just really always a great idea when we're talking about John Lennon. Uh, but uh, the tracks Angel Baby, which is, a, I think, a pretty popular rock and roll classic. To Know Her Is To Love Her, Phil Spector written, you know, and really, uh, yeah, uh, the Beatles have a version as well. Right? I do. And Since My Baby Left Me, also famous song and uh, a reprise of Just Because. Now, and then Yoko stuck these, they're on Men Love Avenue, but she also stuck them on the reissue uh, in 2004. So we'll get into those uh, uh, some other time. But Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I wanted to note them just, just for completest sake. Oh, of course. No, of course. That's, that's definitely a good idea. They can, you know, it yeah. can entice the viewers of, oh, when are they going to cover Men Love Avenue? Yeah, and we'll exactly. Definitely, and we'll exactly. definitely do that at some yeah. point. It might, you know what? Maybe it might fit in nicely in the uh, kind of, well, I mean, maybe we might have to put it in that kind of um, experimental Beatles era. Maybe chuck it maybe. in. Maybe. With... I, I think, yeah, we'll have to look into like it. We'll bonus... get back to people. Yeah, I, I, I thought we chucked it in with like the, the last couple of albums. With, oh, uh, we could do. With Milk um, and Honey, but um, I mean, we'll, we'll fair, have we, a look and we'll get back to people. Yeah, because okay. I mean, we've only got those two albums left. So exactly. You can, Men Love yeah. Album might be something to fit in there. I wouldn't be against that. Would be nice. Um, okay, so and another uh, fun thing is the cover of the album, which is a great album cover. Just, you know. I think that's my favorite Lennon album cover. Like just right? the, as in it's, just the photo. Like it's, it's a nice so old cool. school photo. It's so cool. It's it's in Hamburg and uh, May Pang, again, May Pang, she's such a legend. She actually uh, got the picture at the first Beatle Fest convention. She was there at Lennon's behest and she met Jürgen Vollmer, an old friend of the Beatles from Hamburg and uh, who photographed them in those days. And he was selling some portraits and uh, she found this picture and she nice. immediately rang Lennon, told him, I found this great picture. They reunited and uh, he chose this album for uh, this photo for the album cover. And there are some blurry figures in the foreground, w- which are actually George Harrison, Sue Sutcliffe and Paul McCartney. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah that's, as I said, I knew that before, but it's just a nice kind of like thing that they're you know, especially Stuart Sutcliffe, because you know, like yeah, I said, that's nice. He's yeah. he's a, he's a kind of an underappreciated aspect of the Beatles. Like I know he, he you is, know, he is. he's yeah. there. I feel like maybe he might be a nice kind of bonus episode to do at some point. Let's kind of definitely, cover him a bit. Definitely, yeah, there's some documentaries yeah. on there about him. Like he's a, he's an interesting character. Like he only lived for about you know, maybe you know twenty odd years, but he yeah made an yeah. impact. Like, he he big, yeah, especially on John. Yeah. So you know that's uh, this period, and then again our recurring question like. 
what's John's like evolution in this period? How did he evolve as a musician, as a songwriter, as a producer even? What's your take? You know what? We see a lot of him actually more as a producer because again, like a lot but previously like he's put on the credit with Phil Spector. Yeah. But you know, Mind Games, Walls and Bridges, and most of Rock and Roll. It's yeah. him doing, you know, it's him sort of doing the stuff behind the desk and like he does a good job. As I said, like a lot of the kind of stinker production work for the most part is Phil Spector on rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. So that says all you need to know, really. I, I would have, you know what, it, as I said, like I know John Lennon wanted to take that break after this and become a house husband stuff, but I feel like he still could have done that, but maybe, you know, produce some albums here and there. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. if he produced, you know, maybe was became a man behind the desk for a few years, maybe produce some more albums. Would have been nice. I would have liked that a lot. And you know what, as well, I feel like what's nice about this period, especially with Mind Games and Walls and Bridges, it kind of revisits a lot of themes that we that we've really enjoyed from Plascona Band and Imagine. Yeah, yeah and, true. And like we said, there's you know the there's like maybe one example of the pretentiousness of some time in New York City coming through for four set three or four seconds. But yeah. like that's mostly gone now. And like yeah. and that's the thing. Like he kind of you know and I said some of that stuff is stuff that dates back from the early seventies. Yeah. And he obviously had hanging around. But it's nice yeah. that he kind of goes back to that. And you've got yeah, just got a bunch of really underrated stuff. Like I feel like we same. We've I been, agree. Yeah. I feel like we've been throwing the word around the word underrated around a lot, but like yeah, but rightfully so. so I mean, it is, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. And he does he does some evolution as well. Songs like Number Nine Dream, I think that's really new for him. Songs like Bless You, the use of the chords, the jazz chords in there. I think that's pretty. You know, for John, a, a next step in the songwriting. Um, and I think it's also redemption. And I think it's really amazing that from such a hectic period of, of 18 months uh, to like pretty cohesive albums and even rock and roll in its own way is pretty cohesive sort of emerge. Like, you know, you can't put down uh, genius. I mean, it, it'll always come through in some form or another. So that's my main takeaway, I think. Yeah. No, exactly. And, and like I said, like, you know, this, this period has my favorite John Lennon solo tracks is like, you know, yeah. it's, it's a special, yeah place in special place for me and like i think yeah this is this is like a this is uh, it's definitely i think his most underrated period because i say with a lot of the beatles stuff that's all very well rated of course you know yeah. and, and like with the with that period we spoke about last episode it's properly rated yeah. and then obviously and then sometimes you sort of rightly hated yeah. right <laughs> and then the period that we talk about afterwards again becomes rightly rated again so like this yeah. is kind of that middle period that a lot of people forget about but it's great yeah. No, this is really great. I agree. So, yeah, I've had a blast with this one. Thanks so much. This was uh, this was great. I think we can uh, wrap it up. Yeah. So I'll quickly just finish up with the with the socials. Um, yeah. But it's been a blast talking about this period. Like it's an underrated period, and it's I had a lot of fun talking about it. But yeah, if you, you do want to uh, contact us on any form of social media, tell us we're great. Tell us we're shit. Tell us we're something in between. Email address: uh, fansacrossthewaterpod at outlook.com. Twitter is at FATW Podcast. And finally, the Instagram is Fans Across the Water Pod. And as ever, if you do want us to start a Facebook group, contact us on one of those, uh, either by email or on social media. Yeah. Let us know if you want to start it, because I feel like we say every episode, but nothing's come of it as of yet. But we're still, you know, we're still in our infancy as a podcast. Um, exactly. So, yeah. so there's still time, and we're not going anywhere. There's bags of ideas we've got for episodes. Oh, man. So, and like, I think I've even said this before, like there, there's enough episode ideas to go until, you know, one of us or both of us kicks the bucket. So, yeah, yeah, you know, there we go. So, 
Anyway, yeah, I'll close up by saying thank you for listening, guys. Uh, next episode, we'll look at the final last couple of albums and maybe some bonus material as well from John yeah. Lennon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Marlix, anything you want to say before you close off? No, I had a blast. Thanks again, Mark. And uh, I think this is, uh, I, I think we're doing John justice. So uh, I, I look forward to closing out on a high and uh, then uh, going on, to, uh, go, going back to the start, so to speak. Definitely. I'm looking forward to that as well. We're nearly, we're nearly reaching the Paul McCartney era. So that should exactly. be fun. Yeah. So All right. cheers, guys. Take care. See you next time. Our theme music is Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey, written by Paul and Linda McCartney, as realized by Marnix Veselink.